1212, I go by the name of DJ Wood, and you're now listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Let's go! Make an entrance so backward cut. Come on, cut for me. Oh, yeah. Whoa, slow down. Whoa, speed up. Fresh. What up, Jeeks? My name is Rockin' Mr. Magic, and this is the original Jeek Podcast. Today is episode two of season five, and again, unfortunately, I am without my co-host, my brother, the one and only Unique DNA. But fear not, internet world, we're not leaving you alone. I have with me our guest who I just bumped into on Twitter of all places. Um, my girl, Alyssa, shout out to her for hosting a, a room, uh, one of those Twitter rooms where she decided she wanted to talk about uh, the second Dreamcast, And this brother will happen to be in there. And I happened to see his, his Twitter profile I was like, yo, I'm, he's on the stuff I'm on. And I have to talk to him. I got to have him on the show. Invited him, and he graciously accepted. So, to start, I want to welcome today's guest. He is the hashtag always working media personality, Chris Henderson. What's good? What's good, man? I'm glad to be here, man. Shout out to Jeeks Nation, man. Glad to be a part of this, man, this movement, man. I'm happy, happy, excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let, to get started, we're going to do a short Q&A uh, okay. with my man Chris here, uh, a.k.a. C. Hendo. Um, but Chris, before we get into that, please share how you and your content can be found on social media. Oh, yeah, it's simple. So, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Well, Twitter and Instagram are different as far as the C. Hendo goes, but if you type in S E E underscore h-e-n-d-o for twitter you can find me there and then instagram is just straight c-hendo and that's s-e-e-h-e-n-d-o of course if you're on playstation xbox c-hendo the same way um if you want to email me definitely reach out chris at c-hendo.com that's pretty easy to remember so yeah just if you type c-hendo you're gonna find many ways to find me trust me twitter dms are always open you know i'm pretty good to talk to everybody so yeah definitely awesome awesome well, let's let's pop off short short Q and A here with you, um, and let's get it cracking. Start on the gridiron, yeah. Because being that you that you talk sports on on one of, on your shows and such, mm-hmm. um, we're a bit more than halfway through the NFL season. Yes. Who is your Super Bowl pick? Being that we're we're more than halfway through, man. You know, I know the Odell move today was kind of shocking for everybody with the Rams. And I mean, I like if Von Miller's healthy, you throw him on there with Aaron Donald. That's and you got Jalen Ramsey, who's already the best corner in football. That's a that's a good defense to start with there. Um, but I still just think when everything is put together and they're healthy, Tampa Bay is a tough team to beat. 
I know the secondary mm-hmm. is tough to beat, um, but when you have Antonio Brown, who's still, I think, a wide receiver one, but on that team he's wide receiver three. Uh, that's just that's unreal. You get a health. Hopefully, Gronk gets healthy enough to play. Um, OJ Howard has done pretty good in that spot, but Leonard Fournette has had a couple of great games, which is very interesting. And Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Um, I had them as the favorite. Um, I, I knew Kansas City would have a decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping that they would have got Odell because I they need another weapon besides the two main guys, which is obviously Kelsey and. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and Pat Mahomes is struggling right now. So that's another thing. Um, I thought the Dallas Cowboys have a good chance. Um, they had a bad game last week, but that team has been playing rather well. Um, they're probably the most balanced team when you look at both sides because, yeah, the defense may give up some points here and there, some big plays. But offensively, if you look at that big three receiving core, now that they're getting Michael Gallup back um, pretty soon, you're talking about C.D. Lamb, Cooper, and him, that's – pretty damn good, right? Then you could add on, you know, Zeke yeah. Elliott, who's been with Tony Pollard. Dak is my – outside of last week's game, I thought could have been the MVP of the NFL. Um, if you didn't count last week's game, he's been he's been that good. So, and look, that team outside of last week, every time they made a mistake or the coach made a mistake, they found a way to win games. They won a game with True. Cruz Rush going to Minnesota where a lot of teams wouldn't have won that game. No, Minnesota's not as good, but that's a tough win. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah, right in now – a tough environment. Yeah. So right now I say Tampa Bay. Um, AFC-wise, if I had to pick the two contenders, I think, or just one contender going to AFC, it's tough right now. Um, B- Buffalo disappointed me last week with the Jacksonville. Well, right? you know, that, it's wild that you put it that way because that's how that's just how it is. Nobody's talking about the AFC. No, they're not. Nobody kidding. really believes there's a legitimate contender in the AFC. Like whoever makes it is just going to be – cannon fodder for whoever makes it at the NFC. I thought the Chargers would be the favorite. I had the Chargers. I remember talking about it. Um, but the Chargers history was always injuries. And I said, man, if they can ever get over the injuries, you get a healthy Derwin James for the first time ever, right? Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. who's had a couple of back-to-back healthy years. The maturation of Justin Herbert, right? You add on Eckler. All these guys, Mike Williams, who's been unreal at wide receiver for yes. half of the season, right? Um, I just thought they were a great team. But once again, they have the disappointing losses, right? They're like mm-hmm. the Cowboys of the, of the AFC, right? You expect them to be great, but there's that disappointing factor. So, yeah, the AFC is so up and down because I don't trust Pittsburgh. I think they've had some great wins, but they don't look offensively as what we want them to be. And defensively, they sort of struggle a bit, even though T.J. Watt arguably is the defense player of the year, not naming Trevon Diggs over there in Dallas. So, yeah, I think that um, it's tough for the AFC, man. Kansas City was supposed to be something good, but I knew they would decline. You know, Las Vegas has had a rough month, let alone a rough yes. couple of weeks off the off the field. Um, and you know, we'll see how they transition over. But in Baltimore, can you trust them? I mean, Baltimore, they should have been the Odell sweet stakes. I love Hollywood Brown, but mm-hmm. they need they need them wide receiver one. So yeah, AFC is tough. And Buffalo was supposed to be that team, and Buffalo didn't show up when it kind of Derrick Henry getting hurt was the worst thing ever for Tennessee. Oh yeah, well, they they're unfortunately they have no engine without him and. Yeah. The NFC has Tampa Bay, like you said, Tampa Bay. It's it's the injuries. That's the only thing that is a question mark for them. Yeah. Um. The the Rams. I mean, you look at. The, I mean, they they had loaded up for the Super Bowl push yeah. before the season, yeah, and then adding, team. you know, then adding Vaughn, and now getting Odell. Now yeah. it's like it, this is Super Bowl or bust, sure. and you've got. 
a quarterback who's driven in Stafford, who knows he ain't going to get many more chances to try to get a run at the Super Bowl than, than this year. So you have you have that. that That's their question mark is, we've loaded up for this. Can we get it done? And then you've got Dallas, who always has the question mark of, can they get over the same mental hump that has been tripping them up for the past 25-plus years? Yeah. Of having good teams and just not being able to get it done, falling apart mentally in the end of the season or into the in the playoffs. So I think those are the three best teams in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I think those are the three best teams in football. Yeah. Period. Um, the AFC is an afterthought. I agree with you. I knew Kansas City wasn't going to be as good. I didn't think they would be this bad. Yeah. I, I thought, okay, once Mahomes gets some healthy members back on that offensive line, they're going to be – you know, what got them to the Super Bowl, maybe not as good, but they're going to be back there. But they are not. That that line has not been able to protect him at all. And like you said, Pittsburgh has so many question marks. Probably should have moved on from Ben yeah. and just let it go. Just let this year go. And the, and the Buffalo and the Ravens are two teams who squandered a fantastic opportunity to just That's dominate the AFC. And they're question marks, and they shouldn't be. If I had to put my money somewhere, I would put it on Baltimore because of Harbaugh's experience as the coach there. He's got – him and Tomlin have the most – they're the most solid. They've been there. They've seen it. They've gotten it done. I just don't think Pittsburgh has the personnel where I think Lamar has the explosiveness. The defense is good enough. And Harbaugh's a good enough coach to be able to get them through tight situations and eke out big wins. But whoever comes out the AFC, in my opinion, has very little chance of winning at all. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And and the thing about, you know, Mahomes and Kansas City is this. You know, someone I was talking to, they pulled up a stat where, like, last year, 33 uh, 33 passes that Pat Mahomes threw were – could have been intercepted. They were either dropped or like in the vicinity of interception and they didn't happen. I just mm-hmm. think that it finally caught up. The gambling finally, the gambling throws that he usually makes. You know, he has that sort of Brett Favre, Tony Romo kind of kind that of gun, that gunslinger thing. That yeah. gunslinger mentality. And I think that mm-hmm. was really big. And uh, and look, I thought this all season, one move probably would have shook up the whole AOC and, you know, Juju. And mm-hmm. I know Juju is not number one, but if Juju goes to Kansas City, like a lot of people thought he would have, he's their number two. Or yeah. maybe number three if you count Kelsey as a wide receiver, not a tight end. And adding Juju to that team would help that team. Because we know defensively they're not just – they're not good. I mean, you no. know, they got a couple of good it's, guys, but they're, not, they're, they're, they're terrible defensively. Andy Reid has never had good defensive teams mm-hmm. outside of having, um, you know, when he had a good defensive coordinators. And he doesn't have a good yeah. defensive coordinator. Um, and unfortunately, Monty Irvin passed away. So yeah. there's there's – Without Monty Irving, Reed's never fielded a good defensive team. Nah. That's just. And, and like I said, we've had the two team, the one team that we didn't mention, you know, which is the, you want to talk about a team that the expectation is there, but it just never happens is Cleveland. Cleveland has this superstar roster of, at the time, you would think Odell, you get Jarvis Landry, you talk about two elite wide receivers, right? And then you have the running back duo, who arguably may be the best duo in football. And, and, they, and, and they are running the ball well. Yeah. The problem is this. I think the issue comes to one thing. 
it is number six, Baker Mayfield. Oh, but, yeah, I think I think I Baker, never I never believed in Baker Mayfield personally. Nah, Baker Baker's just the guy that I think that is good, but that team is going to look at something after this season or next year and say, you know what? They're they're a team that needs a Tom Brady like. Like if yeah, there was yeah. a way, if there was if there was a way that Aaron Rodgers can end up in Cleveland, right? Out of a trade mm. or something, you know, I would I would if I were them, I would definitely look at that because their window is going to be very close, right? Because, I mean, like, look, they paid Miles Garrett. I love yep. Denzel Ward. I mean, they got pieces everywhere. Oh, yeah. This team is underperformed. They got two great tight ends, right? They they are two of everything. And it's just like That's true. They, don't know, they, don't, they don't know how to use them. So, yeah, I just think at the end of the day, it comes down to Baker. Um, and that team is going to always fail. So, yeah, it is what it is with them. Yeah, and it's sad, it's, it's sad for Cleveland fans because they are clearly better than yeah. what they have. And they finally have some relevancy. After yep. so many years of just being an afterthought, but Baker and Baker Mayfield has been important to the franchise um, because he's helped them get some confidence back, some swag back. Because he he's oozing swag, even though you know in the NFL he has he doesn't deserve it. But you know his college career was a, allowed him to have that type of swag where he could strut out there and and have that persona. So he's yeah. and, and now and he's he's got you know he passed Roethlisberger this year of having the most wins um, <laughs> back in in Cleveland because it, it wasn't a Cleveland winning quarterback. So like he's he's been so like he's been vital, but I agree he's not he's not that guy that's going to get you over the top. And if they could make a push for an Aaron Rodgers, or if it's in Tom Brady's crazy plans to play to a fifty and prove that he's the goat. And go win in Cleveland, um, just to pr- further prove his point that he's the best of all time. Um, then maybe that's just in his plans. Like he's just going to go to every sorry franchise and and win them a Super Bowl before he retires. Uh, yeah, Tom wins. If Tom wins the Super Bowl with the Cleveland Browns, he's the greatest athlete I've ever seen. I love Michael Jordan. Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest ever. You know, you can talk about LeBron, Floyd, May. Go down a list of players. But if he wins the Super Bowl and he goes to Cleveland and does it. I mean, I don't know what else you would, what would he have to do? Brady, Brady's a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, those that, those are great choices. It's going to be interesting to see what unfolds. I I'm personally am, I'm leaning towards the unknown. Um, I don't know if Tampa can get healthy enough in the long run to, to, to run it back. Uh, I'm, and I think, I think drive is going to be a bigger part to this NFC race. And I think if the Rams stay healthy, they are going to have more drive to win than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, especially coming from, especially coming with, with Stafford under there. Stafford's had such a solid year. He's a clutch player. He's got a great arm. And now you just gave another weapon in Odell Beckham who will definitely be happy to – he'll definitely get more targets. He'll definitely be a happier player, a more relaxed player, uh, and be more productive than he was in Cleveland. And the, the the Rams, to me, I think those things will get them there and get them over the hump. Um, and also, the NFL needs the story. You sell, yeah. you sell storylines. You know, you know this. You know, uh, they – Matt Stafford finally winning, showing that he was held back in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald uh, getting that Super Bowl win, confirming how great he is as a leader defensively, 
and how much he impacts the game. Uh, Von Miller getting one on his way out. You know, Odell justifying himself, proving that he wasn't the problem all along. That makes for great NFL storylines. And no one tells a better story right now in sports than NFL films. So, like, I I can imagine what that, you know, what that series or that DVD would look like. Yeah. And not only the Super Bowl is going to be in, I think, in in their stadium, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah so, so not only that, you get another double whammy at that again. You had one in Tampa last year with Tampa winning. And yeah, the Rams moving to LA, um, big market. Like I say, you mentioned Matt Stafford. There's a lot of things that play to that. Like I said, Jalen Ramsey, a lot mm-hmm. of guys that were questionable that, you know, end up playing huge roles on, on their, on this team are going to be winning the Super Bowl. And I think it'd be great for the NFL, but man, it could be also a disaster because we've seen the dream team thing happen before. If yeah. you remember a few years ago, the Eagles did this with um, Nandi Asawa and a whole bunch of guys, and they end up not they end up not being good. So well, the Rams have the most pressure. That so Nandi got that money and forgot how to play football. <laughs> he, he forgot that there was no such thing as cover two anymore. When he came yeah. in, that's what happened. He learned he learned that it was he had to play man to man, and that's not. But that, Nandi was like, wait, I've actually got to cover somebody. What? Yeah. There's a little help over the top now. Yeah, nah, you got to cover now, brother. And then he yeah, went to yeah. a different division. The AFC West back then didn't have the receivers at the NFC. Oh East. no, no, not at all. He had, yeah, he had to go. He had to cover real wideouts now. All right, moving on, but staying within sports. I didn't get to talk about this with my my co-host, and mm-hmm. I was itching to, um, and I want to get someone else's feel on it other than uh, a live that we did uh, a couple weeks ago. How do you feel personally about the NBA's seven NBA 75 player list? Because I have reservations personally. Yeah. I'm not going to get on the rankings about it. Who you put one, two or three, because it's all subjective, right? Like, absolutely. uh, Like you could say LeBron, you could say MJ. And I think Kareem has the probably the resume that can meet number one criteria because of what he has done in the totality of his career. Oh, I, I, I personally, I personally put, it's tough. I personally put Jordan number one mm-hmm. um, and only I put Jordan and I put Kareem number two, just below him. And the only reason why I put Jordan above Kareem is that Jordan okay. peaked in the NBA where Kareem had an up and down NBA career. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, the list is the list is it is what it is. I, you know, I didn't have too many complaints outside of um, I just you know I love Reggie Miller. I love Reggie Miller. I think he's one of the better you know good, very good basketball players. He had elite moments versus a certain franchise that sort of catapult that. But I've always felt that we've overrated Reggie Miller to a certain extent, extent because like we hmm. look at his moments in New York, right, or versus New York, and then we say, okay, he did this to the Knicks. But the Knicks had never won anything during that time. They were just a team that underachieved. I mean, look, yeah. we had opportunities. They had two years to win a championship during that time. And, and I know that's Houston, a short and Houston, and Houston won them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Houston won them. And then they, you know, they, they, you know, you know, Patrick Ewan choked as usual. They well, I, you know what? I can't put it on Patrick. That was I won't put it on Patrick. That was, that, that, that that was, that, that was Starks, Starks, Starks on the court. And yeah. unfortunately, Riley made bad calls. Yeah. And see, to me, the issue I have is this. We've never looked at Reggie Miller and said, if you looked at his totality of his career, I don't think mm-hmm. there was ever a point in his career that you looked and said he was MVP caliber. You thought he was great in the moments. 
And when I think about 75 players, if you're telling me he had a better career than Dwight Howard, that's insane. Dwight Howard's a three-time defensive player of the year. I'm sorry, four-time if I'm not mistaken. Four-time. Yeah. Um, this dude led a team to the finals. Led oh, a so team did Reggie. Well, so if you want to use the 2000s final team to that example, just keep in mind, on that team, Jalen Rose led the team in scoring. Jalen um, Rose did lead the team in scoring, yes. Yeah, so I, I don't really hold too much weight on that because, yeah, he led that team to the finals, but Dwight in an era where LeBron existed. Was the re- and to me that holds a lot of weight. And he was dominant. Okay. He was I, dominant. I, and I know he was. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you that Dwight should be on the list because yeah. I agree with you there. I'm going to disagree with that. Reggie would be someone to take off compared to, um, to compared to someone like Wes Unseld, who I have great respect for. Yeah. But Wes Unseld averaged like 13 and 10 for his career. Yeah. yeah, I understood yeah. he's a, he was an undersized center. Yeah. I, under, I understand he got that MVP. He Rip. won the rookie yeah. of the year, which yeah. is great. But I don't think the man ever averaged more than 16 points a game. Yeah, and he was in a different time. So, like, for him, it's a rough thing because while he was doing that, he was in a league where Kareem, Artis Gilmore, you name the centers. He played, oh, yeah. he, he, he played in the golden age of centers. So, he, when you think about so the issue I have with Reggie is this: he played in the era with Michael Jordan, right? So we know how that works. Which, which, which he will never be considered for MVP when you're playing but, with, when Michael Jordan's playing. But in saying that, there's a thing called All NBA, and I tell people this all the time: All NBA tells me all I need to know. So you telling me in 19 years, he was only a five-time All NBA guy. He was never considered second team. But he was always third team, so I'm gonna give you a perspective on well, that. Well, but but the, you gotta think like you know, first team's already taken when you play so, in the same era as Jordan. So, so you're battling this. for second or third. So think about this: Rod Strickland never was an NBA All Star, which, which was a crime. So keep this in perspective: Rod Strickland made a second team All NBA and didn't make All Star team one year. Reggie Miller never sure. made a second team. Just think about that, and that lets me know that if I look up. And I love Smitty. Steve Smith's my actual guy. Steve Smith can make a second team All NBA. That, that's 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 my man's from Detroit. That's, that's my yeah, man. Yeah, that, yeah. I Steve Smith's Smith. one of the best players. I you know we've ever. I think in today's NBA, Steve people, Smith is a superstar. People for, people forget how good Smitty was. Oh but he, he was a point guard. He was a big size point guard. He was he was yeah. a guy that like we a lot of people. But you know when you think about that, that tells me a lot. And I understand that like, well, you could say well yeah he had Jordan, but the thing is this: there's more than one guard spot. So you can tell me Dan Marley can make it, or you know, well, tell well, you gotta stick with stick within the conference. Um, okay. Well, because, so the All NBA didn't do conference. Remember, it was just guards. Forwards, that's true. Yeah. It was, it was just, well. Yeah. So then you had you had Mitch Richmond. So Mitch Richmond never. So think about this: Mitch Richmond never played on a winning team in the nineties. That was no, he did not. Outside, outside, well, no, of Golden State. Out, 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 outside, outside of Golden State, he and never, the one year, the one year they made the playoffs with the winning record. They yeah. had the eight seed, and I think they went like forty five and yeah. and and like thirty seven or something like that. It, yes. it was barely above five hundred. So Mookie Blaylock makes an All NBA second team, right? And then Reggie. So you're telling me, so that's my issue. So his peers, because it's not just it wasn't a fan vote. It wasn't just me. It was his peers. These people said that Reggie, and to me, that holds weight to me because I'll okay. say this right now: if you look at the totality of their career. Mm-hmm. If you don't count the last two years of his injuries, 
Look at Clay Thompson's impact. And I know Clay Thompson's going to have Clay, See, Clay. to me, Clay, I, I know the similarities, but Clay has never had to be the man. Yeah, as but much as I had, love Clay, but he's never had to be the man like Reggie had to be the man. So I'll say this in the moment that Clay had to be the man, though, I'm going to give you an example. 2000, and I want to say 15, first, first, first round playoff, they played Portland. Mm-hmm. Remember, Steph got hurt. Knee was messed up. Didn't play the whole series. Who averaged 30 points a game on that team? Clay. That series? Clay. And my thing is this we have a repeated history of when Steph had bad games. Who was the guy that showed up and scored 60 in three quarters? Clay. Yeah. Game six goes to, oh, think about it. They don't win their first championship if it wasn't for Clay in the Oklahoma City series. Oh, absolutely. So my and, thing is, and, Clay and has had his moments. You're not wrong. However, to me, to me, Clay is, is, is this generation's Joe Dumars. Yeah. He's not the man. And because he has doesn't have to be the man, when you you can call upon him when needed, when the man has got a problem, the man's hurt, man's not playing well, this guy can step up and do what the man did, but he's not going to be the man for a sustained period of time, and he doesn't have to be. It's not his job. No, it's not. Um, so as much as and the thing is, because of that, you don't have to have that weight and pressure of carrying the team. That Steph did had to do, that Zeke had to do, that Reggie had to do, and and and, and give and give Reggie his note. He never had a player close to that level, you know, to 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 be playing with. If, if Reggie is more on the Joe Dumars side and the Clay Thompson side of of talent and skill set wise, which you know possibly is is accurate. He's cl- yeah. he's closer to them than he is to Zeke. Or yeah. Steph Curry. I mean, let's keep it 100. Yeah. Zeke, to me, is the second best point guard ever. And yeah. Steph, um, even though the, to me this era is softer, uh, Steph is in that top 10 category, probably top five for a lot of people already because oh, yeah. of those two MVPs. So yeah. you're talking about two top five point guards of all time. And then, you know, then you're looking at it. Uh, so did, and, and, and Reggie didn't have that running mate. Where he could be, you know, I don't have to be the man. I can just hit my big spots, and the man can carry. He had to do the carrying, where he could barely dribble, dribble better than Clay, but he, you know, barely handled the ball, barely yeah. took it to the rack, and he had to, and he had to have that consistent scoring. So I, I hear you. That there's, there's the 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 nuance, the subtle nuances between the two of them. I I I, I understand why Reggie's in there. I personally think. It's he's on that, you know, yes. that bottom where that that bottom seventy two to, to seventy eight yeah. where you can flip flop and debate. Yeah, Reggie's. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna put him on there, I think fine. But in comparison to a guy like Dwight Howard, I mean, not only are we talking about or Clay, but Dwight Howard's the best example. The reason why I use Reggie is because if you looked at Reggie, doesn't have the MVP, so Dwight doesn't have the MVP either, right? But right. when we're talking about impact on the game, when I talk to NBA players about this list and I talk to voters about this list, mm-hmm. the number one thing they got talked about is impact. Right. My thing is this, Dwight Howard, not only from the on-the-court stuff, especially in his Orlando prime, the off-the-court, he was the marketing, like in an era where Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, D-B. ran the league. Dwight Howard was selling jerseys more than those guys at one point in time. 
Dwight yeah. Howard, for a guy that was limited offensively, by extremely way, limited offensively, but he still gives you eighteen to twenty points per game and doing off of, fifteen off of freakish athleticism. Yeah, yeah and to absolutely. Me, you know, not only that, you, we can laugh at the dunk contest and different things, but the guy. No, but no, the, the dunk, the dunk contest was the catalyst. Yeah, that 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 blew up the jersey sales. I, yeah. my my wife is not a basketball fan, unfortunately. It's one of the few things I had to accept yeah. uh, in life that she wasn't going to be half the basketball fan I am. Uh, she watched that dunk contest with me. She became a Dwight Howard fan yeah. that night. Watching that dunk contest, him doing those T-Mobile commercials, you know, with with Barkley and them, yeah. um, like she became a Dwight Howard fan because he was fun, yeah. you know, he the, the smile, the goofiness, yeah. you know. I think the list was fine. Like I said, I just, you know, when we there was never a, a real criteria. Even though I asked people who voted the criteria, it was mm-hmm. never a true criteria. And the issue is this: you left off a lot of guys that were multi-time something. Like, right. how could you tell the history of basketball 75 greatest players and you never talk about the Detroit Pistons team that won the finals in 2004? So nobody from 2004 can make the list, right? But there's a but guy see, that's important. I, I'm, I'm a Pistons fan. Like, I'm, I'm from yeah. Detroit. I mean, that's my squad. I can I agree with leaving those because we're talking about individuals. I mean, if we were talking about teams, you have to have them on. So but, the, think- but the individual players... Not being on the list, I I understand that. I think Ben Wallace has a better case to name Lillard. Oh yeah, absolutely he and does. See, that's my point, and that's my point. Yeah. So like, yeah, he absolutely does. But the thing but, is, I don't. I wouldn't have put him on the list because Dwight Howard, list, Dwight my, Howard would be on that list before yeah. him. Yeah, see, but but my thing is this: when we talk about NBA, like the impact part, we talk about multi-time defensive guy, right? Something that none of the guys that are on that list, half of those guys don't have. The, in a short span, he did more than what a lot of guys had to do in 15, 20 years. And oh, yeah. my thing is, like, he had an impact not only just on the court. Ben yeah, Wallace became a sort of like a figure in a way. And oh, to yeah. me, you can't – the issue I have is this. Every team that won a championship has a guy mm-hmm. besides him, besides that pitch team. And that's ironic. And I'm like, okay, I know it was like a short run because my issue is this. I love Bill Walton, but Bill Walton, if they oh. had to, redo, they, they they need to redo the list because Bill Walton shouldn't have been on that list. But but I I I've said that I said that at the when I was a teenager, and I think all the old heads wanted to slap me because yeah. I said, "How was Bill Walton on this fifty list?" He had I a great, said, look yeah. as I know he had a great run before the injury, but I said you you can't put him on this list because of the big what if Bill was healthy. He wasn't healthy. Yeah, he won that MVP. Yes, he was. I mean, he, he had probably the best four good, healthy years of maybe anybody. Yeah. But it was three years in Portland, one year as a super sub in Boston. And to me, you can't be top 50 off of, you know, the what if or do you didn't see Bill in college? You darn right I didn't see Bill in college. I wasn't yeah, alive it's yet. About, it's not, and that's the thing. But, it's not but about it didn't that. happen for him. Yeah. You like, know? you know, like Trace McGrady is a guy that I look at. I mean, when you're talking about a dominant era of basketball, Trace McGrady's story is interesting. I mean, this kid would, gets drafted out of high school, you know, almost gets traded from Toronto, right, to Chicago. To Chicago Atlanta. almost picked, yeah, and almost yeah. traded for him. He, Orlando was in a cellar when he got there. Grant Hill, he got to play with – look, Grant Hill went to that team hurt, and nobody would have figured that Trace McGrady would be the best of those two when they got both No, and every, everyone was expecting that move to – 
be Grant Hill with his sidekick kid named Tracy. Scotty Pippen. His Scotty Pippen. Yes, his Scotty Pippen. And and people don't realize this. You watch basketball as much as I do during that time. That and God rest his soul. But there was a point in time where we had to think about who's better, Kobe or Tracy. That was that was talk. Oh, absolutely. So I just look at like the seventy five list is cool. I just think that personally, I think they should have redid the list because then. You don't have the questions of Bill Wall, like even Wes Onset. Like, I think if they really did the 75 list over, I don't know how you tell somebody that walks in the room that Alex English doesn't make the list. Alex English has every freaking I, I, you, I said the same thing, man. I love me some Alex English. See, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, you watch Alex play, and you're like, oh, Alex had a nice game. He must have dropped 20. Then you looked at the stat sheet, and it's like Alex had 45. Bro, Alex, Alex Lilly. If you look at his score, see, my issue with Alex is this. Once again, I use the barometer. The barometer mm-hmm. has to be because he was the last one voted. It's like the outside of Dane was Reggie Miller. They had him at 70, like literally last. How do you tell somebody in the world of basketball that Reggie Miller was a better player than, than, than Alex English? It's not close. It's not even close. First off, the man averaged – that was a point in time. The man was averaging 25 a game for like 14 straight years. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, I get it. it. You can mention like where well, the teams were they good, but my thing is this: he he had a couple of years with Kiki Vandeweghe, of course, who who was great as well. You had yeah. Pat Leave on that team. He played with Dan Elson at the end of Dan Elson's career. But man, Alex English has thirty k points, man, and you're telling me right now the dude can't? Oh, he has twenty over twenty five k. I'm sorry, and he can't make it. Like it was almost as bad as when Dominique didn't make it the first time, and he was oh. six scoring in NBA history at that point. Yeah, like, it's just and, and like I said, it's just so many things that list. And then of course, my biggest topper was this. I know he had a downfall in his career, but how you tell me out of the 75 greatest players that you can't mention Vince Carter on this list? Vince Carter has a say-so because of his impact. If you think about the impact of basketball. I I love me some Vince Carter, but I I understood why he wasn't on there because he didn't have – that that man that that cachet that the man has to have. He didn't. He was never considered. He had his rookie of the year, yeah. but he but he never had that MVP run. That time where it was like, oh, this guy could be the best player in the league. He was always the most fun to watch, maybe the most exciting. Uh, but he he never had that. He never had that command. And I think partially it is not all his fault. Being a Carolina guy, everyone was expecting Jordan things out of him and he's no one's Jordan. And I, I think that really hurt him because he wasn't being Jordan that he didn't get the, the votes in the media support that he probably should have gotten um, yeah. to, to build that cachet um, as a player. And then as he got older and continued to play uh, his stats declined, you know, especially his scoring because he was a productive bench player. So then when people look at these teams and say, okay, well, you know, pretty much everybody needs to be averaging over 20 points a game, then they they glance at Vince and they're like, oh, he only averaged 16 points a game. Well, that's because he played like eight years as a sub. Like if he were retired, you know, a little bit off of his peak, he'd be over 20, well over 20 points a game, you know? And and, and you've got some of these people voting um, who, I mean, let's keep it real. You know, they were born in 98. Uh, you know, some of these writers out there influencing people um, and their thought process that were born in 98 and, and never really saw and were cognizant of what Vince was doing when he came into the league. 
uh, and so many of these players that, you know, that should have been on this list or, you know, in, in that debatable range. But I, I my, personal, my, my personal beef with this range, with, with this list, was too many current guys on it just to try to keep it relevant for the for the current you know younger fans was it was a disservice to the greats likes of Dwight Howard's of the world who was like how how can you tell me he's not on this list when you look at that that resume that cachet um you can take some of these new guys off and in my personal opinion even though you really can't tell the history and that's a big and I'm glad you said that because that's been a big thing for me you you know if you can't tell the history of the game without the person they should be on but I've heard a lot of people talk about the history of the game and I don't hear them talk about guys like Bill Sharman. I don't hear them mention yeah, Bill Sharman. Exactly. You know, exactly. they'll they'll mention Mike and they'll Maybe. mention they only do that because of the glasses or something like that. Well, 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 I mean, one of the first drills you learn in basketball Mike as a kid drill. is Mike and drill. Yeah. Like Mike and's name is it's it's there. But he's but he's one of the few people from the fifties, you know, forties, fifties that I'll say, okay his name should be there, but people aren't talking about Bill Sharman. Um, they'll talk about Kuzi. They'll talk about the great Celtics and the great Lakers. Um, but aside from that, I mean, they're not talking about people who had great careers. Like, like Walt Bellamy. Walt Bellamy had a fantastic career. Nobody's overshadowed by Wilt and, and, um, and Bill Russell, but he, he had better numbers than, than Russell, you know, nobody like, cares. yeah, but, but and yeah, but and no, but nobody cares. Uh, yeah. So it's like, okay, he didn't have the impact that they did. So yeah. it's like B- Bill Sharman, I would pull, I would pull Bill Sharman off in a hot second, you know, for, uh, for Dwight Howard, because long lasting impact. He, he, they're not talking about him. They will be talking about Dwight Howard, about what he did do and what he should have done because yeah. he should have become a better player than he was. Yeah. Like he's all, he's got, he's a top, he has a top 75 career in my opinion, and he should have been better than what he was. Like People will continue to talk about him. Nobody. I don't think Bill Sharman's family is talking about Bill Sharman. Yeah. There's, there's guys like him. And look, I know the Knicks won those champ- won a championship in the 70s or those two, but I don't hear anybody talk about Dave DeBusher. You know what Dave DeBush is most known for? When they had the lottery pick that year and he was on stage when they got Patrick Ewing. When they were basically <laughs> like, I don't hear no. nobody talking about Dave DeBusher. I don't know who's more talked about on that Knicks team. Probably well, the, no, no, you talk about on on that Knicks team. You talk about they talk about Clyde and Willis, Clyde and Willis, and and Pearl. Yeah, who are all on this list and deservedly yeah, so. You may talk about Bradley or somebody like that before you get to Dave <laughs> the Butcher. Nah, no, no, Senator Bill Bradley was nowhere near as important as Dave the Butcher. Like, yeah. look, don't Dave the Butcher could ball. He could ball, like, like, and people, a lot of people don't see. People know Dave the Butcher. Most people know him for the next years, which was yeah. the end of his career. A lot of people forget he was the only good player that the Pistons had yeah. when they were still in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he got them to the finals. Like, Dave DeBusher, he he's an OG, and he could play, but I, I agree. Like, he, you can tell the history of the game without Dave. Like, even though Dave had a great um, career and, prob- and probably was, was very impactful – um, like I can't tell the history of my of my Pistons without talking about Dave DeBusher. No, you can't. But I can tell the history of the NBA without talking about Dave DeBusher. Yeah. So like to me, he could be someone that's 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 off. Um, and honestly, 
Dave Cowens, as much as I respect him, yeah, no. you know, the, the, the 70s Celtics are, are the least talk about. Like, you only really need to mention Havlicek when you're talking about the 70s Celtics. Yeah. Um, he, Cowens is great, but. Is he a top yeah. 10? He's not even a top 10 center all time. No, he's not. He, well, he's not, but that's hard to do when the league up until up until the two up until the late uh, until the early mid 2000s was a big man driven entity like you couldn't you couldn't win without a big man and Jordan was one of the few teams that proved that you could win multiple titles without having a big t- a big center um but yeah when you when you've got you know, you've got Kareem you've got Wilt you've got um You've got Russell, you've got Ewing, you've got Shaq, you've got Robinson, you've got Olajuwon, you've got all these great centers. Cowan's just, yeah, he's he's not on that list. Of, exactly. You know, he's, he's not. So I, I, I yeah, I think we're, we're we are really close on on that one. Um, you know, Sam Jones, much respect, but you know, most of these kids have never heard of Sam Jones. <laughs> No, you you probably can get away. And I love Sam Jones, and he's an impactful force, like to sell even his coaching, some of the things that he did, and his college stuff. But yeah, we no, 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 yeah. It's 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 and it's really sad because to me, honestly, the only the people that really had the the opportunity to be really great all time um, are people who came who played just before the merger and post-merger mm-hmm. because then it was a definite you've got the best players in the world once yep. the merger came. There was no debating which league was better, which league had better players. So you know that they're playing against the best of the best competition night in and night out post-merger. And and that partially helped to increase that level of play that we saw through the late 70s and, and through into the 80s and 90s. So... It, it, it's tough for some of these older guys because I respect what they did. And, you know, the the hours and hours I spent in my life watching, you know, NBA TV and watching old games. Like, I don't want to tell you tell them and say like, Hey, you know, you're, you're not that good, but you know, you didn't, you weren't able to play against the very best competition because you guys were split, you know, it, you know, it's just, it just happens to be what it was. Well, um, right. One, let's let's make a switch to um, to the electronic world. Let's let's switch to gaming real quick. Okay. Um, what there's a lot of well, there's a lot of ways to game, and uh, I definitely encourage you you jinks that are listening to check out Hendo's uh, stream. He he was streaming earlier today, the day of a recording. I got to catch a little bit of it, have some fun as he was playing some some Call of Duty. Definitely check him out there. Um, there's so many ways to play. We've got consoles, we've got handheld consoles, we've got PC gaming. What's your favorite way to game? Well, it's naturally console. Um, you know, I was a kid that when I grew up, especially in the eighties, um, you we you know, you went to the arcades, right? You played Street Fighter. Um, yes. one of my favorite games that nobody talks about is probably obscure. I got it right here, Michael Jackson Moonwalk. Moonwalker, oh, man, I love Moonwalker. Are you kidding you know, me? Moonwalker, I remember playing that in the arcade, man. That was my game. So, like, consoles away from me. Um, I don't really do mobile games. Like, you know, I got my wife has a Nintendo Switch. I bought it, but she took over because she enjoys the handheld. But for me, it's it's console. It's always been console. It's, it's nothing like having that console, man, in your house, man. I think that's probably what it is for me for sure. 
that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I, I'm I'm in the same boat with you. I'm I'm a console guy. Like I respect the the, the PC world, and I I my jaw will drop at how gorgeous certain games look, and I'm like, wow, I wish it would look like this on my console. Yeah. But uh, I'm not a keyboard and mouse guy. It's, it's, it's yeah. that ain't me. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you said, '80s kids. You know, we we grew up with the con- with the controller in our hand. Like it's it's, it's a console thing. Yeah. If you had, and I'm throwing a curveball question here, it wasn't on the notes. If you had to pick um, one console mm-hmm. to play for the rest of your life, you can't play any other console, what console would you pick? You, and you, you get access to all the games available for that console, but you can only play that one console. Man. <laughs> I would say because I know I can play everything on it that at that time, I will pick the Fatback PS3. Only okay. because I know I can play the PS2 games and I can play the PS1 games. Backwards compatibility, that's a yeah. big one. Absolutely. Yeah. So that means I'm getting the full catalog. Now, if you're just saying strictly for that console, uh, no, I mean the, no. Yeah. You you fit you fit the criteria. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely the criteria. because like I would be able to play the PS3 games, which is still in so almost still. Just slightly out of this generation means I still get some of the newer games, but then right. I get the PS2 games, and then I get the PS1 games. It's crazy. Absolutely. Hey, I love backwards compatibility. That I'm, I'm yeah. one of those. I'm one of those people. Like every system should be backwards compatible, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, especially if it's in a line, you keep putting a number on it. Um, yeah. It should support them all. But yeah, that's a great choice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well done. Well done on your toes. Uh, spe- staying within the realm, what is, in your opinion, the GOAT video game? Okay. So the GOAT video game, not my personal GOAT, but what I know is the GOAT, like if I had to say, hey. Well, well if, yeah, yeah, if you, if you're going to be, if, if, if I, if, if I had a convention, I was creating a panel to discuss the GOAT video game. And I said, I want C. Hendo to talk about. What game is the goat and why? Not not personal favorite, just to you and your opinion. Which game is the goat? Yeah, um, I would say because we've never seen. I've never heard anybody like if you played a video game in your life, like Super Mario World. Like mm-hmm. I think everybody's played a Mario game in their life. Like there's people that maybe. In this case, you just never did. You, you probably played Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. Somebody, everybody's played Street Fighter. Everybody's played Mortal Kombat. Um, but Mario sort of really put people in a different realm. And it happened mm-hmm. three different times. When we had it on Nintendo the first time we saw it, and then we got it on NES, uh, Super NES, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then we got Mario World on 64. And it was like, right. whoa. Um, and, uh, and it changed each time. And now we got this Switch. You talking about variations of Mario with the Mario cards and different things? You would have to go Super Mario World. Um, now, my personal favorite—it's the most obscure game. I think it's a cold game, but I look, man, I got every version of this game, and I'm got like a, like two different versions, which is actually my favorite. And this is obscure, but Roll Rash. That you know, that's not obscure. And this is the 3DO People, version. Um, I got the Sega. You've version. got the 3DO version yeah, of Road Rash. 3DO Road Rash. Um, I got all wow. of them on Sega. One, two, and three. I got the N64 Road Rash. I got Jailbreak. 
that's on PlayStation, um, 3D. I got you name wow. the roll rash. I got like roll rash, but this roll rash here, man, for me, for three reasons, man. Number one, I love the game. Um, I've always been a big roll rash fan. Um, that was one of my favorite games on probably my favorite game on Sega Genesis. I think mm-hmm. first, not you know outside of a few sports games. Number two, I would say just at that time, it was real edgy in gaming. Like you remember, like when Sega and Nintendo were going at it, Sega oh, yeah. was real edgy, and PlayStation yes. took it a step further. They took this brand and they ran with it. Number three, we didn't have video game soundtracks back then, if you remember. Like it was no, sort of like self-made music. Now, if you remember on Roll Rash on PlayStation 3DO, Soundgarden was on that soundtrack. And they literally took an album basically and made it the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And just class, it was like rock music. And yeah, Roll Rash just had some sort of it was cool because you had the elements of everything. It was competitive, it was racing, and you could beat the heck out of somebody. With a club or a bat, and you you're running from the cops, you could beat the cops up. You know, if you had all yeah. this like intense stuff, man. So that's Road right. Rash had a lot okay. of GTA elements before GTA was yeah. the other thing. Yeah, and I think a low key go game that nobody would say. I'm going to say the X Men side scroller in arcade. That game, oh, you so get that you, if you go to an arcade today, especially if you get like brothers like us or people in our age range, we all see that. We all go to that thing. We're we're yeah. flocking to that. Yeah, and everybody's gonna fight if you have to go pick between everybody wants Nightcrawler, but for sure everybody wants Colossus. Because Colossus yes. the, he screams and everything goes flashing the screen. So Love yeah, it. I just think that yeah, it's just so many games. But I would say Mario because Mario sort of is a staple. Like and when you think about Nintendo, so I mean which which like, which Mario in particular? Because there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, there's a lot of them because, like, a lot of people like Super Mario 3. Like, there's so many ones, but I think Super Mario, I would say any the NES, Super NES Mario, because we Super got Mario, Mario World. Yeah, Super Mario World. So we 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 had Mario the first one, right, on, on you know, on Nintendo. And that was cool because, you know, you had the Duck Hunt, the mixture of that. It was great. But I think when we got that Super Mario World, it was like, oh, this is different. And then, of course, when you played on 64, you was like, man, what the heck is this? But I do have, it came to my head now, I do have a low key, I think, that deserves to be because in today's genre, none of us would like shooting games. And that's 007, 64. Golden Eye? Yeah, Golden changed a lot because I never was a guy guy that played shooting games. Like, it was like, you know, I never wasn't a Duke Nukem. I wasn't. Like, I just never was. Neither was I. And when, you know, I wasn't into those kind of Doom or just shooting games and stuff like that. When that game came out, we had never like thought about playing multiplayer with four people on one screen and all that stuff. Like 00764 changed a lot. Like that, no, you, 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 yeah. You are a hundred percent correct yeah. on that. Like I I still as almost forty year old man reminisce about golden eye sessions with the homies. Like it like like you said, Duke Nukem, Doom like one, the gun mechanics sucked. Yeah. But granted, it was the nineties, but the gun mechanics were yeah. terrible. They were PC games mostly, and I, and I didn't want to go around shooting monsters. I was like, who cares? Like that, that wasn't a thing for me. And for the shooting games, I did like, like Contra, for example. Those were side scrollers. So like, it, you know, first person shooters to me were slow, yeah. clunky, and boring. Yeah. And they were shooting a bunch of demons and stuff, and I'm like, you know. It wasn't there. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I ain't trying to play with the devil like that. Like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, Goldeneye comes out, and now we've got carrot. We've got Bond, and everybody pretty much loves Bond. 
you know, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Goldeneye was, you know, was a, a huge hit, you know, with Pierce Bronson in his first role as as James Bond. So the movie was big. The game comes out, and I think people would neglect. We, we harp on how great it was to the FPS genre, but people forget that it was one of those few movie video games that actually like went along the storyline of the plot of the movie. Like you had to go to to each of these sections that were in the movie, and very few games that had well, that were movie adaptations. You know, the Back to the Future games, nothing like the movies, nothing. Nah, like, so man. you know, the the Friday the Thirteenth game, nothing like the movies. So, like, I, you 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 know what, man? I, I think we have to be like Blood Brothers or something. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. Because one of my favorite games to play, ironically, you know, I interview people, right? So yeah. Friday Thirteenth is one of my favorite games, and I'm gonna tell okay. you why. Because like, I never liked the movies. I was terrified of them. Like I had a hard time watching, even though it's Jason. I had a hard time watching this Halloween movie with my uh-huh. comments, but I was like, "Nah, just can't do it." But when I play that game, just the idea that you can't trust your friends. Yeah. So, man, basically, man, um, yeah, man, like Friday Thirteenth is one of those games that's like, like a cold class. I'm glad you brought that up, and actually, I know one of the voice actresses of that game. So, wow. you no know, being crumby, if you're if you got an Xbox, Redfall is coming out pretty soon. And she's the lead actress of that. And when yes. she told me, and I remember one day just playing the game, and I remember I said, I know this voice. And it was her. And I was like, it's a cold clan. Of course, we know what happened with the game. They got in trouble. Yeah. We never got the full experience of the game. So, yeah, man, I'm, man, you Friday 13th, man, you, man, you don't <laughs> understand. Dude, we're going to have to get on Friday 13th. I got on both. So you you let me know. I, I, I got it, you know, when the play, you know, PlayStation Plus gave it away yeah. for free. And like, I, I'm, I'm not a horror guy. You know, I, I grew I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal home. Like, you know, I I don't I don't rock with horror, but you know, sometimes the game is fun, and you know, it, it's just one of those uh, one of those things with where Goldeneye was so special because it went along with the the movie plot on top of just changing the FPS world uh, and putting it on its head that we know it. Uh, I like your goat pick. I think Mario is the goat of, you know, if there's this the goat franchise of all video games. There's no game franchise that has impacted so many generations of players like Mario has. Um, I would probably pick Super Mario Bros. Three. I think it is the greatest game ever made. Um, I, I think it was a a just a a game changer in so many ways. Plus, what other game has an entire movie that's dedicated? To, to, to just teasing that this game is coming out. Like, and we, we got Fred Savage, who was an 80s icon, to do a movie to just be a teaser for this game. Like, exactly. You know, we never had that. We never had that. We never had that. Never had that. Come on, the two hour commercial for you know, a two hour Nintendo commercial to tease this game. I mean, every, everybody wanted to be Lucas and get that power glove after watching that movie. And that movie movie was terrible. All right. Um, another thing we have in common and that uh, you talk about a lot of are sneakers. Oh, yeah. Dangerous hobby. Oh, expensive hobby. Even yeah. even more expensive than gaming. 
which oh, I can't man, believe I'm saying. In these last few years, I've learned that going to these retro paloozas, gaming ain't as cheap as we thought it was or it used to be. So yeah, it's there. <sighs> sneakers are still crazy. Yeah, sneakers is, is it's getting crazy. Yeah. So if you had to have one pair of sneakers, uh-huh. you can only rock one pair mm-hmm. and no others for a year. Mm-hmm. What pair do you choose? This is easy. Two thousand and nine Shadow One. My man had it out the gate. Simply, simply put, I'm gonna tell you why. If you go back and look at that shoe, the quality of it, even though it didn't have Nike on the tongue, it had uh-huh. the it had the John Man logo. Um, the quality of that shoe was underrated. And when I got that shoe, I went to an outlet and I paid thirty bucks for it. Right now, the resale on them are like four hundred bucks. Um, you know. I love wearing black, as you see. Uh, I think I, I, if I can wear one color the rest of my life, I wear all black. But you know, being in Texas, it's hot, so we Ooh, can't do it all the time. But I wear black anyway in Texas anyway, so it's a black and gray shoe. Simple can go anything, but yeah. yeah, it's not even close. Shadow one. I mean, I know people relatively gonna say you know, band one, bread one, uh, royal one. You know, you got the Elevens, the the you know, the, you got blue games. You got all kind of Concord Elevens. You name them. The four lightning fours, regular, you know, any kind of fours. But I'm yeah. going with the with the with the shadow one. It's it's not as obscure, but I think that like for me, the quality matched up. And if I get that particular year's model, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Like matter of fact, if you go to my um profile pic on um, you know, Twitter and Facebook, my profile pic, I'm wearing those shoes. I got nice. like four pair of shadow ones. So yeah, I'm I'm a shadow one guy. I got them when everybody nobody else wanted them and I paid nothing for them and yeah, now if I want to sell them, I probably can get a good penny for them. Ooh, that's what's up. Yeah, not even close. Shadow ones, it's not even good. You know, when I wear those, it's ironic that a lot of the NBA guys, because I talk kicks with them, they always mm-hmm. ask me, man, what are, you know, you know, I wear like 11 and a half, 12, so some of them are 12, feel my 11 and a half in the bottom. I'm, I'm so envious. Yeah. So I get kind of lucky, and then certain guys in the NBA actually wear that size, believe it or not. It's ironic. No, I, no, I know. I, I mean, I don't have the the NBA connections you do, but I've met, yeah. I've, met a, I've met a few players, um, and uh, I actually have NBA size feet, um, so I struggle. Like I love sneakers, I yeah. love kicks, but I can't get most kicks because I rock an eighteen. So, uh, you know, the shoes that I want to get most of the time, I can't get because they don't make them in my size. Yeah. Nah, so man. like um for example, like for me, if I had to pick a pair, um it would probably be oh man. Like I don't I don't have like the same choices you have. It would probably be uh it'll probably be my bread elevens. What size are you? I wear a size eighteen. Oh well, you know, you're in the same I got a friend, he's five foot six. He wears a size seventeen. Oh well, I feel a little bit better yeah. because I'm I'm, so he, I'm, he, I'm, at, I'm at least six foot. Yeah, he, he, he's one of those guys that he luckily he he works at a sneaker store. Okay, and, um, he actually knows NBA players, so they have to a lot of their shoes that they don't wear. He was able to get his hands on them, so it's just That's it's rough. It, you know what? It, it's Honestly, rough. If you were a size, if you were a size in these days, if you were a size nine and a half on up, you're screwed because you're not getting anything. Like it's just it just is what it is. But yeah. But the bread eleven man, that's a classic shoe, and, and, and it's a great shoe. But like, but honestly, if I if I could get it in my size, I wouldn't pick it. We might because as, as great as as great as it is, the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn were the Air Max Uptempos, 
and Man. I I was in and I remember to this day I was in eighth grade so when Scott that dropped. Pippen was the man. Scott, Pippen, Scott, Pippen was Scott, Scott Pippen was doing this thing. I was in eighth grade. This is so this is the 95, 96 season. Um, Pippen's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing on the court. I'm one of the best basketball players in Pittsburgh. How did you eighth graders? So being a Detroit Pistons fan, though, how did that work for you, though? Because like you couldn't have possibly like I got friends that are that are Pistons fans and they they reluctantly wear Jordans because they just happen to like the Jordans, but they hate the player. Is that like what it was for you? Or you just said, no, nah, I like the player, too. I, I I respect the player. Okay. I'm 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 a bad boy Pistons fan. Of course. I will never I will never love Michael Jordan because yeah. Michael Jordan to this day is still the enemy. Um, of course. So I respect Jordan. Um I like a lot of the shoes he has. Mm-hmm. Um and because he's a businessman, you know, like one of my favorite favorite pairs of Jordans are the 23s that um that Rip Hamilton rocked that had the Detroit skyline on them. I have a pair of those. So like, wow. as a businessman, you know, he recognized, Hey, I've got rip on my, uh, you know, rip on my on brand Jordan. Andre you know, he's playing, he, you know, he's playing for the Pistons. I need to, you know, I need to show off for Detroit. You know, I, I saw those. I'm like, I'm getting them. Like I, I have to have these. You know, those yeah. those are probably my most cherished outside of my 11s because it took me 20 plus years to get my <laughs> hands on 11s. Um, like those those are probably my cher- most cherished pair outside my it. 11s. But as as an eighth grader, I was one of the best basketball players in in the city of Pittsburgh when we had mm-hmm. moved from Detroit, and my parents frugal. They made money, but they were you know old school black people. They frugal. I know. So, Trust me. I know. You know. You know. You know, you know what our parents' generation is. Yeah. You know, and and, I, and granted, I feel bad for my parents because I was growing. Like they had to buy me for at least four years. Yeah. They had to buy me new shoes every three, four months because oh, I was just growing right out of them. Because I was I was a size nine and a half in fourth grade, and then between fourth grade, I went from nine and a half to an eighteen between fourth grade and my senior year in high school. Ooh. So I was just going through shoes left and right. They were throwing me anything affordable. They had me in so many pairs of Ewings. I can't even count how many pairs of Ewings I went through. Uh, my dad was going scouring Nike outlets, looking for big shoes to put me in that he didn't have to spend a hundred dollars or more a pop on because my feet were so big. So as a reward, he was like, look, you know, you've had a great year. We just won the championship as a team. Um, let, let's go, let's go to Foot Locker. Oh, go to Foot Locker. Did that. Oh. Uh, I, we go to Foot Locker. Um, he asked me which ones I want to try. They, you know, I was like, I, I, I pulled out the all white Air Max up tempos too. The all whites. I put them things on and I'll tell you, see, it was like walking on Heaven. air. It felt yeah, so good, and I was like, "Oh Lord, I would play so well in these shoes." <laughs> and especially these are going to be my like my parents were strict. Like the, the the big money shoes they got, which for them was like eighty bucks. That was, they were on the court only. Like you didn't yeah. wear these shoes any other time yeah. but on the court, and only the indoor court. You didn't wear no outdoor courts. These things touched hardwood and hardwood only. Yeah. So I'm oh, I, I try these shoes and I walk around, and my dad looks at the salesman and his. <laughs> He goes, 
and how much are these? And I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here comes the no. I better enjoy this moment. And he's like, $140. My dad was like, nope. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, so I ended up, he ended up conceding, and I got the uh, the Air Max, the single bubbles, the, uh, Air, the Air Moors. Yes. I got a pair of those. Nowhere near as comfortable uh, or felt as good. But everyone talked about how massive the air was on my shoes because I was rocking a, a 15 at that time. Yeah. But like, oh, the if I could get, and now as an adult, where I make my own money and I can buy my own shoes. It's hard to find them. It, well, it's impossible because they the, the releases that they're making, they stop at a 15. They, know, won't make, they won't make them in an 18. Yeah, and I never forget, man, like growing up, I idolized Michael Jordan, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my grandfather grew up in there. You know, his era is obviously Bill Russell probably. But I know for sure Dr. J was the man, so they thought Converse oh, yeah. was everything supreme. Um, oh, yeah. You know, my grandparents were really good about shoes. Um, I just remember one time, and you remember the store called uh, Oshman's. I don't know if they had Oshman's in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I've I've heard of Oshman's, but they didn't they didn't have them in my area. Yeah, so they had like a basketball coordinator and everything. And I never forget. This is around that time when they mm-hmm. wore those pinstripe uniforms, the Bulls. Oh, and I wanted the gorgeous. jersey so bad. I wore that jersey probably every day. I wanted one so bad, and like I only wanted one jersey. It was it was Jordan, and I was yeah. actually a huge Scottie Pippen guy. Like, okay, I thought like my mom let my mom tell the story. Scottie Pippen is my favorite player of all time. And I have to go back and think about that because it's sort of like it may he may have been because I just thought the world of Scottie because everybody loved Jordan. And I love Jordan, but I grew up in a house where like my grandfather, he just loved basketball, man. He mm-hmm. he he bled it. So like I had to go watch Isaiah Thomas. And he was he loved Isaiah Thomas more than he loved magic. So that tells you all you gotta know. Hey, hey, um, I, I'll say it to this day, if Zeke was five inches taller. Uh, he'd be the greatest player ever. He he he, he probably, yeah. Because he'd be the Isaiah, same as Jordan. Isaiah's the most underrated. I I just think Isaiah. I think the world of Isaiah Thomas. One time for Zeke, but I remember walking in, man, and like, man, I I saw them. I saw them. I saw them elevens, and I was like, Lord, I know I'm not getting these. <laughs> Wasn't they the most these. gorgeous things you'd ever done? Well, seen? So the funny thing is this: in my house, you got a pair of shoes before the year of school started. And mm-hmm. then you got something at Christmas. Okay. I, and I just remember during this time, Ken Griffey had shoes. Oh, and I wanted Griffey. Man. Yeah. And I played baseball and I played basketball. So, like, it was like I wanted the cleats. And I had to make a a, a bold decision here. So, I never forget. I knew my grandma was going to say yeah. It was my grandma that was going to say yes. And my grandpa was going to say no. So, my grandma went that time. She said, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you, want, if you want those Jordans, what are you going to do about baseball? And I said, mm. and she started handing me like these Avias and different like oh, not the Avias, oh. Avias, and I said, oh. So I never forget a salesman there came up and he said, hey, you like Reebok? I said, yeah, I love Reebok. He said, who's your favorite baseball player? I said, well, obviously Ken Griffey Jr. You know Barry Bonds. I grew up in Texas, so Juan Gonzalez was MVP this year of that yeah. year. But I named one player out of nowhere. I said, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt. Big said, Hurt, yeah. He said, Big Hurt got a cleat. You know that, right? For Reebok. And I said, oh, let me see it. And it was on sale. 
And my, I told my grandma, give me these. And everybody laughed at me, of course, because everybody had the Nikes on. Our team those, was those, on Nikes. those big hurt cleats were dope, though. Yeah. yeah, now you go back, it's like, it was a cool thing. But a lot of people just like, oh, man, you didn't get the grippies. You got these. And I'm like, I had to sacrifice. So, yeah, man, like, them up-tempos, man, those were a – Scotty – even though Scotty's been on a full run lately, Scotty yes. is Scotty's impact on like sneaker culture is huge, man. Because like he he, it's weird to have a sidekick have his own shoe, let alone a star player. We've never yeah. seen a sidekick have his own brand. But he but he I mean he did, but he didn't. Like he had signatures, but he didn't have his own. Yeah, but his like signatures. Had, yeah, yeah. His signatures were dope. Because the up temples are the best signatures he's had, yeah. and the silent assassins. Yes, the silent assassins are fire. Yeah, yeah. Like I, there's a picture of me with the silent assassins on, and like my like my mom, she just she can stand Scotty Pippen. So mm-hmm. like she, I, I love Scotty Pippen. So anything Scotty wore, I wore, and like Scotty was the man. So man, he had the arrow tempos, man. They, you know, what's yeah. crazy now. I remember like in the early 2000s, they were when they brought him back. They mm-hmm. were like hidden outlets. You try to go find something now, good luck. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah Those it, and Griffins are impossible. Oh, yeah. And the, the Griffins are another one. You know, I look at them, I'm like, cool. I, I'm a grown man. I can buy these for myself now. Nope. Size 14, size 15. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, it, oh, there's so, they're, the, the Air Penny ones. Oh, God. Can't get Penny them. First, that $200, I never forget when that came out. That was no chance. Everybody in my neighborhood, three friends that I grew up with, um, two of them I still talk to to this day because, like, they're diehard Penny. We argued about Penny and Jordan. They Mm -hmm. would tell me Penny was better than Michael Jordan. He was the next greatest thing. And they wore Penny. Like, they would walk around with them blue phone. Obviously, the phone was more organized for the Arizona Wildcats, right? But it was Penny's, you know, technical. People looked at Penny as the phone guy, even though Bibby and Mal Simon was doing it. I remember when they got them pennies, man, they was up there, oh, man, see, this is the shoe, man. Man, no, no, I ain't wear no joints no more. And I was I was aggravated because Penny was anywhere. The commercials. Oh, Lil my Penny, God. I'm Lil like, Penny, the, no, the only, that's the only comparable commercial run to Jordan's or, 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 the, or the Penny yeah. line. Yeah. Like, those commercials say, were great. The yeah, shoes yeah. were dope. Yeah. He never had an ugly pair of shoes. Like, yeah, but I those would say Air- only, Yeah, I would say the only other commercials I could think from an individual standpoint would have to be the Kobe and LeBron, the Muppets. The puppets? The, yeah. yeah. The Mupp- and, like, yeah, LeBron, but, LeBron had a nice run with the LeBrons. See, to, uh, me, to me, the best LeBron commercial is the uh, is one of the early ones uh, for the LeBron ones, the Bernie yeah. Mac, uh, yeah. the Bernie so, Mac yeah. creature one. Yeah, that yeah. That is one of my favorite commercials of all time. And then, of course, when he became the LeBrons, when he had the old man LeBron, the wise LeBron, the smooth LeBron, business LeBron, I mean, kid LeBron. Like, those are crazy. Like, yeah. It's funny now laughing at him how he was acting like that, but he was telling sort of like a true story behind him. So it's yeah, those those that, those were good. Those were good campaigns. Yeah. Oh man, we 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 gonna have to do this again just just on shoes and and shoe commercials because oh, there's I so many. Day, you got NBA shoe stories for you for days. Oh, you oh, gonna break break my heart with some of them. Um, all right, let's go on to you, your favorite team. So I I know who's good and who you respect. But who are your favorites? Who are you rooting for? You know, come hell or high water, you're never leaving your squad. Who are, who are your squads out there in pro sports? Man, I mean, I grew up in Dallas, right? Or Fort Worth, which is basically Dallas. So, obviously, yeah. all the surrounding teams, like, I couldn't root for. So, it was weird. Like, you know, 
even though the Mavericks stunk. So actually, they didn't. They so did not. Not when we were kids in the eighties. The yeah, Mavs had a dope squad. But when I really wanted to go watch them, they were terrible. Like, oh, the nineties, yeah, yeah. My grandma Green years, yeah. They were, yeah, yeah. Jamal the three Js. They just couldn't work together. Jim Jackson made me mad to this day. Um, <laughs> Jackson, you know, man. so you know, like. Yeah, they were terrible, but you know, I watched them. But then of course the Bulls reign supreme. So everybody likes winners. So, you know, I was like, I wanted the Bulls to win every championship because Michael Jordan was God, right? So in a way. So right. I've always been a Mavericks fan. Um, you know, I my first year covering it, well, first season, truly true actual full season was the championship year. Oh wow. And, um, so you know, not only seeing Dirk, who I think the world of Dirk is one of the greatest players ever. But see them win a championship in my adult years was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, football was the Cowboys. And, like, the last time they won Super Bowl, I was at the Super Bowl as a kid or as a young teenager in Tempe, wow. Arizona. In Tempe, Arizona. My grandfather, my grandfather, God rest his soul, got buried in a Cowboys casket. Wow. It was blue and silver. I know the meaning behind that because he never wore blue. So I was like, it had to be for one reason. They had him in a blue suit with the silver tie and had stars on. We, I know what it was. So <laughs> I know what it was about. So, so yeah, you know, Cowboys, Um, as a kid, you know, they're or a teenager. They're winning championships, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, in my later dough years, seeing those guys in person, Michael Irvin is my favorite football player ever. Him and okay. Dion. Michael Irvin is definitely my favorite player of all time. And, like, I thought the world, I, you look, if you'd have got Hendo in this age 15, 13 year old ways, we'd have argued about who's better, him or Jerry Rice. I had an argument for Michael Irvin. Of course, now I wouldn't say that, but you yeah. know, then at I that time, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, hey, hey, people, people for people sleep on how great Michael Irvin is. Oh, yeah, man. I know the persona is there, but he was dominant. He was one he of was. the more physical receivers of the era, big receiver. Yeah, very three. big receiver. Yeah, yeah, so you know, Mike, yeah, definitely reigns supreme. Um, you know, baseball, which a lot of people don't realize, like, even though I know a lot about basketball, football, baseball is my favorite sport. Okay. So um, you know, love the Rangers. Um, as an adult, I've had heartbreak more than I wanted to because <laughs> you know, I attended that World Series where Nelson Cruz outran the pop plot in St. Louis. Um, I knew they weren't going to beat the Giants the first year when they went to the World Series, right? Because they just yeah. had an unbelievable staff. But I just knew. They were on a mission. They did everything they were supposed to do. And then you get against the Cardinals. And, you know, it's funny because I actually interviewed David Freeze, who hit the game okay. with Roma and yeah. played for the Cardinals. And David, I till this day, I despise anybody on the Cardinals because they beat us. And I got a good friend who loves the Cardinals. And it just irks me because, you know, you already got a couple of like what? Yeah, I never will see one, and then what makes it worse? There's a team that's on about two hours away, the Houston Astros. I gotta watch them go to the World Series almost every year, and they cheat, and they still. Man, yeah, I'm so glad they the Astros lost. Yes, do I? You know they? I'm yeah, cheating Astros. Now I feel the same way that you feel about the Cardinals, man, because they beat they beat my Tigers, yeah. um, you know, for the World Series, and I I was not happy about that. Um, no, you know, no, I, man, it's, no, I would say that. And then, of course, hockey, once again, uh, one of my favorite sports moments, you know, me and my grandfather, we will, um, my grandfather loved all sports. So, you know, I know where you're from, the Pittsburgh Penguins or Mario Lemieux is like God, Super Mario is like God, right? 
and then you got the Philadelphia uh, Flyers with Eric Lindros and those guys. But well, but being that I'm I'm a Detroit native, I'm fortunate. Oh, you're, so you're a Detroit Red Wings guy. I'm a Red oh, Wings fan. Oh, I'm so I was right so I was I, I was bragging on all the Cubs, and when we and when I we trash you. when we trash Philly in '96, I was living um I was actually living in the Lehigh Valley. Now I walked into school, and I just walked around and looked at these Flyer fans' faces, and I would count one, two, three. Four, five, the Russian five. Oh, and they hated me for it. Oh man, I, 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 you know what? Because I'm a Dallas Stars fan, so you know the rivalry oh. there. And look, man, I tell you what, you know, um, Steve Eisman, who I had a chance to meet, my favorite know, player you know, Steve of Eisenman, all time. You know, I can't, I couldn't stand him. Sergey Fedorov couldn't stand him. Every time I saw number ninety one, I, I, I almost wanted to vomit. And, you know, the, were the Red Wings? Were the Yankees of hockey? Yeah, they were, and then like it, it was just unreal. Nicholas Lidstrom, those guys, man. I look, I, I never forget when the Stars won the championship. What I was doing, Brett Hall comes here, who was like a longtime St. Louis Blue yep. Blues player. You know, you know his former daddy former Red Wing. Yeah, yeah, but he yeah Red Wing dude. The day I saw Mike Madonna in that uniform. That that freaked me out. Like, <laughs> no, I thought I, you know what? I never thought I would see Mike Madonna in yeah. a Red Wing uniform. Like I was like, happy because I love Madonna's game, but a I was lifer. like, this is weird. He's a star's lifer because you knew him from the Minnesota North Stars. Yes, exactly. So it's like almost seeing Steve Eisman in a Blackhawks uniform. You never would have saw that. Never right? would have saw that. So yeah, yeah man, like in, you know, hockey during that time, that division or that conference was crazy because you had the Red Wings who were the winners, right? But then you had this team like the Stars who were always was pesky. They were right there. Mm-hmm. They just needed one thing, and they end up getting it finally with Ed Belfort, which put them right. over the bump. But then on the other side, you had this team that moved from Winnipeg – I'm sorry, from Quebec, from Quebec to Colorado in the Avalanche. Yep. So you get Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, which, by the way, didn't Peter Forsberg end up playing for y'all? Somebody did. For, no, Forsberg didn't end up with us. No, no. not Forsberg, but y'all, y'all – Detroit literally got everybody. So like Detroit, I mean, like it was hey, just, it was, it was you, you, talk, you, you talk about craziness. To the two people I never thought I would see in a Red Wings uniform uh, were Mike Madonna and Chris Chelios. With all those years in Chicago for Chelios, and then he ended up coming to Detroit. I never thought Chris Chelios would be a Red Wing. Like, you know, the only person we didn't end up ever getting was Gretzky, and I think. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised we never pulled that off. Um, I got some quick hit topics that uh, I want to throw at you here. Darren Williams and Frank Gore are going to the world of celebrity boxing. They will have a bout on December 18th. See, is everybody a boxer now? What do you what do you think about this? You know, Snoop Dogg had one of the greatest like commentary moments in commentary history. You don't oh, absolutely. Play, you don't play boxing. And, That's right. And I love I love Darren. He's a he's a local native from the colony. Um, great guy. Um, Frank Gore, another one. I think a Hall of Famer. If you look at his acumen, his numbers, oh, he yeah. may not get there, but his numbers. I think he's like top five in Russia. If I'm not mistaken. Uh yeah. 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 Frank Gore, yeah. He's played like 30 years, but still. Yeah, Frank Gore, he's Frank accumulated Gore. the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Frank Gore, Frank Gore is a, a tremendous athlete. Um <sighs> boxing, unfortunately, because what has happened is this. And I tell people this all the time, I love boxing. I cover boxing. The issue with boxing is this. 
when it became time where the, the, the boxer got smart and they became businessmen, it ruined boxing. Because what happens is this. You get a Floyd Mayweather who arguably is one of the greatest fighters ever. Mm-hmm. Who I think are, I think he is the greatest. I just think that when you look at what he was able to do and the way he boxed, he never got out of his realm of the way he boxed. There's two different versions you look at him on that. But I just look at he became a businessman and he started thinking about the the long term and he was able to not cherry pick his fights, but he knew how to strategically put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearn had to beat the hell out of each other in that time, right? Oh, they, gave us, they gave us something yeah. to watch. And not to mention um, Roberto Duran. Those four, they had, to, they had to beat the crap out of each other and they couldn't avoid each other. Well, we, may, we may not ever see an Elroy Spence and Terrence Crawford fight, right? So the issue with that is this. Now we're stuck with this. If I get a chance to go see Dennis Rodman, who was considered a bad boy, and he can go fight Jose Canseco, who considered a bad boy for baseball, that's probably going to be more entertaining than going to see Bud Crawford go knock out some ranked 25 guy because he just he, nobody wants to fight each other. So boxing ran into a big issue. And then, of course, you got the Paul brothers. They're marketable. Mm. You two guys, I know. I don't, I don't understand how they're marketable. But the thing I is don't... this. You got to realize we're in a generation now where you become famous on YouTube and social media. So well, see, in... that, that, that part doesn't doesn't surprise me. Like, I understand yeah. the the internet pull. To me, it's just, I, I understand people will buy. I don't, actually, I can't say understand. I, I know people will buy because they hate the Paul brothers enough. Yeah. They'll spend money to hope and see that they get knocked out. Yeah. I just don't understand people who want to see the Paul brothers do anything. Well, see, the thing is this, because they're so, they're villains and like, the thing yeah. is, um, surprisingly, yeah. people don't realize this. They're, 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 they're heels. They just don't work for Vince McMahon. Yeah, they're heels. And they're the heel characters. And I'm like, can you not see that? These well, guys are heel characters who just don't happen to be in wrestling. But the thing is this, though, you got to realize this in every aspect of like sports and life and music, we love the characters. We may not not mean you, but there's a natural love for them. People end up loving heels. And the thing is this, one thing I will give the Brian and I mean the Paul Brothers credit for is that they take this boxing thing serious. Don't get no, I, I, I give I give them that. They I, train I, hard. I, I thought it was I thought it was a little fake run until I saw it in person. I yeah, saw them. No, no they, 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 they train they train hard. I give they them train that. Hard. The boy trains hard, man. And look, yeah, I, I and I gotta give them credit for it. But at the same time, celebrity, you remember when we Bro, the funniest fight I ever seen in boxing history has to be when y'all and guy rest his soul. You remember when Manu Bowl was boxing that time? Oh my god, yes. How we was like probably teenagers at that time, bro. That Manu Bowl was boxing something. That was the craziest thing I ever seen in my life. Manu Bowl was boxing, right? So we laughed at that then. Yes. Now that is a top million dollar fight if that happens. Yeah, so, and he got like twenty thousand dollars or something like yeah, that for that. Yeah, we and, got laughs out of that. Now Manubo got his soul, but if he in today's world, if Bobon, who plays for the Mavericks, goes and box somebody, we're gonna watch that because it's paper. And the thing is, this boxing has hurt themselves because when we want to see the big fights, we want to see you know, you know Wilder versus. At the time, we wanted to see Wilder versus Josh. We never saw it, but guess what? Right. Oh. That, that's what hurts boxing. And and at the end of the day, this celebrity boxing thing is taking But for Duran and Frank, I just hope they both come out healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little worried for Duran because Frank is used to the violent punishment of sports. And yeah, yeah I don't know how that that's, That was my thought. My thought is like Darren's probably quicker, yeah. but one punch from Frank 
could could, could be yeah, Frank's gonna use his body. Frank's gonna use his yeah, body. Yeah, Frank's more. a big he's a big thick man. We're talking about a point guard against a, a truck of a running back. Um I, I tell you that you know, I Darren's a great dude. I met him um uh, when he was yeah. doing um uh campus uh campus athletes for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um he going I'm afraid Darren's gonna need some prayer. He gonna need some um, prayer. I, I, because, I'm not gonna clown my light skin brothers, man. But nah, no, this, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not even going. This ain't a team light skin thing. This is, yeah, a, this is a this, this, this is a, a brother. Hell. Yeah, this is a brother. This is not a. This is not the choice. Like, if, if their name is not James Johnson, yeah, I'm not real. trusting any NBA player to fight anybody outside of their sport. Well, yeah, I mean, now if you gave no, there's there's very few. Oh, David West, David West, guys like David. Yeah, David West. Now, if if you give me old school, if you give if 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 we were talking, um, if you if you pulled in Charles Oakley from his time, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Rick Mahorn, one of them dudes. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Charles Oakley. Yeah, yeah. We will see some then. We will see some bombs then. Uh, Michael Cage, you know, Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, Xavier had that that strength and that toughness. Yeah. But today's basketball players, no. No. Nah. I mean, nah. maybe James Johnson is the rare exception. James he's he's the fight. only exception because James can actually fight, fight. Yeah. He's a mixed martial artist. Yeah, he's he will trained. kill somebody, yeah. Yeah, he'll kill somebody. You know, maybe no he's Haslam because he's still kicking around. You, you see, UD... UD's just gonna grab him and choke him. Like he ain't gonna. He's too old. Yeah. He ain't gonna, He's got that old man strength. He's not even gonna bother swinging. Yeah. He's just gonna be like, "Look, I I will sun you right yeah. now." Yeah. Um, but like, if if there was a fight, if uh, James Johnson's on my side, nah, no chance. No chance. No chance. Now that is somebody I would like to. I would like to see. Um, actually, I would like to see him in wrestling only because he's like he's half Samoan. So he has the look too. He has the look. I would love to see him, uh, especially with where Roman Reigns' current run. I would love to see him align with the bloodline in WWE for a one shot and uh you know turn heel on somebody and, and join his his Samoan brethren. Yeah, I think talk, that would talk, be dope. You talking words to me, man. I love wrestling, so you talking words to me, especially old school. Uh, Oh, uh, see, we and our, our the other show that that we G Nation do was a pro wrestling show. So, man, we, we, fact, will def, we definitely gonna have to run it back. I don't know if you can see it, but like right there, that's a picture of Sting. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got Sting it's like that. Sting's my Sting is my favorite wrestler, but I, I think Sting. Well, my favorite wrestler of all time is Bret Hart. Um, Sting is definitely there. Shawn Michaels. Um, HBK, that's my guy. That's, yeah, that's Shawn Michaels is a great guy. I met Shawn Michaels before. Undertaker, of course. You got Sting, Ric Flair, um, Booker T, who I think had an underrated career. I don't even count the WWF stuff or the WWE stuff. He was just a hell of an athlete at his time. Oh, yeah. Um, you go down the list of wrestlers, man. I, I love the only wrestler I don't like is Goldberg. I thought Goldberg, was, Goldberg is trash. Always yeah. has been. He's a, he's a sham. And him and Hulk Hogan. And it's nothing to do with the racist part of Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan couldn't wrestle. He was just a great persona. I, I I have to disagree with you there. So you think he was a great wrestler? Hulk Hogan could wrestle. He just um, and if you and if you if you see from his older stuff, okay, yeah, yeah. If you there's a great match he had um, with the Great Muda in in Tokyo where Hogan was yeah. working. Now he will never be 
in the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, oh, no, no. Brian Danielson, no. Chris Benoit, no, you no. know, Kurt Angle territory. Yeah. But Hogan knew how to work. I didn't, I didn't personally enjoy most of his work, and I didn't even like Hogan at all, really, until he turned heel with the NWO. Um, I like I knew who he was, man, but I didn't like him. Yeah, there we go. Like I didn't like him at all until he turned heel. Yeah, Hollywood Hogan. That's Hollywood Hogan. That persona, I I was like I was mad because I was like, I want to buy a Hogan T-shirt now. Like me, Hogan, what? Yeah, Hollywood Hogan had us in a in a weird mode. But yeah, just being a heel. But yeah, James Johnson could be, and he actually likes wrestling too. Ironically, so I think it would be. Cool to see him in that. Yeah, Vince needs it. Vince needs to, to to make that happen. Yeah, because I would love to see it. All right, moving on to the quick hit. Mikey Williams, and anyone listening who does not know, Mikey Williams is a seventeen-year-old star stud mm-hmm. basketball player. He recently signed a landmark endorsement deal with Puma. Yes. What do you think? See about the uh, Mikey being able to take advantage of this. Uh, well, pretty much with NILs now being a thing and these kids can get paid. What do you think about Mikey getting paid here? I think it's a blessing, man, because, you know, you grew up in, you, you grew up in the inner city, man, and you know as an athlete, as a good athlete, the advantage, the disadvantages that you had, the marketing that people, people made money off of you. You never knew it. When you was playing high school ball, them tickets was not sold because of the team. The people came to watch you. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you never had a chance to make the money. And now these people, they're not people, I'm sorry, these kids are now able to take care of their families before they even touch an NBA contract. Um, I've never been a big fan of college sports, even though I can tell you about college sports and by every team and every aspect. I was mm-hmm. never a fan because I always looked at it like these kids have to eat bologna sandwiches and struggle. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, you grew up in Detroit. You know about the the, the Fab Five. They tell you they they had to go. Those are my guys, man. Yeah, they yeah. had to they had to order a they had to beg for a box of pizza. And these dudes mm-hmm. are on billboards everywhere. They walk by the Foot Locker thing and they got a post on them. And they couldn't do. They made Nike black socks what they were. Oh yeah, the, like, like, the, the, on, the, those those all black Karachis. Nobody yeah, cared on, about on, them until the on, Fab on, Five man. rocked them. On, man, by the way, C Web should be on the top seventy five. Let's talk about that. Now, if you want to go there, I think he should, man, because he's he, man. He played in the wrong era. That's all I'm gonna say because he got he got kind of screwed playing KG Dirk and, and Tim Duncan's era. But see, I, I, but that 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 boosts him for me because yeah. he put them numbers up against that level of competition. Where you mentioned Dwight, Dwight didn't have at the power forward or the undersized center. He didn't have that level of competition that he had to bang with every night. No, no. You know, Chris had to face the best of the best, one of the best eras for power forwards ever. Um, probably either the best or second best power forward era ever, and every and in playing in the West, he had to see. He said Dirk, KG, Duncan, every night. Um, young Elton Brand every night. Dude, them like, Sacramento Kings. You want to talk about heartbreak, man? Oh, just, just talk about just getting robbed. They got robbed. One of my favorite teams I ever watched, by the way. But yeah, man, like you know, I'm happy for Mikey, man. And you know, Pumas out there getting these young eccentric guards like Lamelo. You know, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're doing a great job with that. I'm happy for these kids, man. I think it should be more of that um, because at the end of the day, if something can happen, injuries can happen. And I'm Absolutely. happy that brands I'm happy that brands are actually not saying, we're going to wait till you get out of college to give you this money. No, we're going to wait. We're going to give it to you in high school. 
And look, man, Mikey is well deserving of. He's one of the best young players in the nation. And, um, you know, I just think it's dope that he's going to be able to go into college with his, uh, if he decides to do the college route or if he's going to go overseas. But he has his own shoe, not his own shoe, but he'll be a part of a brand. And I salute Puma for doing it because we, you, Amani Banks didn't get get that right, but Amani right. Banks is he's a hell of a talent. We watched him the other night go crazy, right? Shed Holmgren, all these young these young basketball players, right? So I just look at it like, man, could you imagine if Zion could have did this? Could you imagine what I, we would have saw? Man, I, I just I just you just talk about like C Webb, like I can't I can imagine. Could you imagine what C you know, man? I can imagine Sean Kemp, like Bro, see people. I was telling my nephew today, my nephew. He's on the the hate C Well run because his TV stuff and I'm like mm, look okay now when it came to basketball he had to go back I was, I was like look go back and I told him I said go look at C Well play and then come back he said man C Well in today's NBA he's thirty and fifteen I was like yeah, yeah and he easy. Can pass easy and, and he, he can pass. handle and he can handle. I mean, the dude did everything, man. See, was one of my guys. I love, and I he gets on me every time because I call him by his real name, which you know is Mace. Yeah, Mace. Yeah, I, yep. yeah. I get, I get him on about that all the time, and I say, you ain't no Chris, you a Mace. Yeah. <laughs> he, he laughs about I mean, it, but you know, he, he he doesn't look like a Chris. He doesn't. He doesn't. But you know, man, he's iconic in hip hop. You know, corners and stuff. He's on one of my favorite TV shows of all time, New York Undercover. He was on the yeah. episode of that. Like he, he, he's a hip hop. He produces music. He does all this stuff, man. He's he's culture, man. So yes, yeah, man. I'm happy for Mikey, man. We're gonna start seeing more guys. I, I wonder what other sports like. But I think football may be a big issue because you just don't know. I think we're gonna see some baseball players. I think we'll start game. to see some baseball because yeah. the the Bryce Harpers of the oh world. God. The, you, the, the yeah. Steven the Steven Strasburgs when they were in high yeah. school with all that hype, yeah. they definitely would have gotten paid yeah. uh, during yeah. this. Uh, basketball is going to be able to take the most advantage of it because oh, it's such God. an individual based sport. But those definitely, and also, um, it's not going to come as regularly as it will for, especially for basketball. But you're tracking field stars. Oh my God! Every four years, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're 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 those young ones are going to start getting paid like. Shakaria Richardson, a couple, you know, a couple, you take this back a couple of years when she's coming out of 18 years old, coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, and she's making noise at the Olympic trial. And she didn't make it, but she's making noise. Yeah. People are, under, are coming to a realization of who she is and what she can do. Oh, she's she's getting signed to a deal. Not yes, like yes, it's not, yes. a, not a huge deal, but she's getting signed to a deal. Oh, Absolutely. Like, could uh, you imagine, like, you know, we, we, me, you, we, we've been blessed, man, to watch these sports like through the years. Like, Think about LeBron James. Oh, yeah. LeBron James, if he was in high school, his junior year, he would have had a shoe deal. It wouldn't I, even have been a thing. Honestly, I think he would have had a, I, I think even before, well, definitely his junior year. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that he didn't go with Adidas after all the money Adidas threw at St. At, uh, at Joe's. Sonny uh, Picaro is at the St. Mary's. Sonny yeah. Picaro is, is a genius. That's all so, I can say. Yeah, the fact that Nike got him over Adidas, I'm still surprised by. Yeah. Um, but I, but he, him, during his time, three players definitely would have had deals. Braun, Lenny Cook, and oh. and, and, and Bassey. Those three guys would have had yeah. those three guys would have had yeah. deals. Sebastian Sebastian was huge. I never seen an eighth grader do what Bassey could do with the basketball. No, we, we we thought he was Stephon Marbury 2.0. We, we, I, I thought he was going to be better, better than Steph. Yes. yes. The only issue we had with, with Bassey was he was a little smaller. He was that smaller, was yes. 
but he he could do things with the ball that Steph could not do. He was quicker than Steph was. He had a better jumper in high school than Steph did. Like he didn't have the height and he didn't have Steph's hops, but he didn't need to because he was distributing the ball. Oh, uh, it was it was insane. Yeah, man. And I got another one for you, a high school kid, man. I think that would have went crazy in this NIL day. OJ Mayo. Oh, OJ oh, Mayo, definitely. And I got oh, another one Mayo. for you. Go ahead. I got another one for you. Shea Cotton. That was my man. Shea Cotton. That was the story my of Shea Cotton. Dude. If anybody, if you ever want to teach a kid about basketball and the history of it, let them watch anything on Shea Cotton and how yes. good he was. Like Shea Cotton was, yeah, Shea Cotton, yeah. Oh, the fact God. that the fact that Shea didn't make it to be making millions of dollars is a travesty because Shea could ball. And I think he has a documentary on Amazon Prime right now. Um, yeah, he does, he does. Yeah, Shea Cotton was something else. Like he, he, today's players, I actually I was, I think like a year ago, I was watching one of the obscure basketball shows on ESPN, and RJ um, was talking, and like the host asked him, like, you know, who who should have been, you know, playing with you guys that didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and RJ was sitting there, and he was like, oh, he's, he's like Shea Cotton. By by far, Shea Cotton and everyone started nodding their heads like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." They're like Shea was so much better than all than we were all. Oh, all yeah. were. They're like, "Yeah, the, the fact that Shea isn't wasn't here with us making all this money, you know, absolute crime." It's right? it's it's funny because like every generation of, of the goats, right? We talk about LeBron, different guys, MJ. They all got somebody that should have made it, but unfortunate things happen. Like MJ can always say, if Lynn Bias would have touched the basketball in the NBA, we may not look at the, the Chicago Bulls as that dynasty. Boston shoot, sort of had. Shoot, my, my, had Pistons, my, my Pistons may not have won if they had Lynn Bias. Yeah. A, a young Lynn Bias with, with Bird and McHale and Parrish. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would like the biggest cheat code ever is how they rebuilt that team. And look, not only did they lose Lynn. They lost Reggie. Reggie, yes, I was about yeah. to say that. Reggie Lewis Reggie on Lewis. top of that. Yeah, and you and you talk about what that would have been devastating to the Bulls, the Pistons. Oh my God! Like, how does that even? They lucked up and got Lynn Bias, right? Then you get Reggie Lewis, who a lot of people passed on, and both of these dudes, like, well, Lynn never became the All Star in the NBA, but you knew he was. But Reggie was an All Star. Yes, he was, and, and he was a tough guard and a yeah. good defender. Yeah, so like, man, it's just I. I'm glad for these young athletes, man. I think that it's a blessing that they all get a chance to make money for their families. Like, we didn't get those opportunities of friends we knew that were good enough to make it like that. We didn't, they didn't see that. Like, they was out there, you know, maybe got the free shoes from the homie in the neighborhood, right? Or somebody took care of them, but the mom and dad had to work like 10 jobs for you to have the kicks Mm -hmm. to play play in. But, man, I'm just happy for Mikey, man. And like I said, I hope to see more of this. And I'm happy that brands are being you know, open to do this because it also takes money for them to do it. They got to know oh, yeah. this is probably more big of a risk than reward because Mikey could end up being not he, good. He, he could he, he could blow it. Yeah, he could end up being not good. He could blow a knee and never be yeah. the same player. They're, yeah. they're taking a risk. But I, I think that this the money that these brands are, are willing to spend mm-hmm. will not only help the players, but I think it's going to help the game because you mentioned college sports. And uh, if you ever, you know, go decide to go and listen to any of our old episodes, you will find that Unique DNA and myself, we absolutely detest the NCAA. 
We are big NCAA haters. Um, I, I believe that for the good of basketball, and if I had the money, I'd do it. And if you and if you ever can get me in a room full of NBA players, I'll tell them this is my plan because there should be a viable minor league basketball league. And I'm not talking big three. There should be a viable minor league basketball league that can compete with the NCAA that puts these players in the spotlight, get some paid, and lets them grow up, give them a couple, you know, and that has them that has them have contractual outs. So if they want to declare for the draft, they can. And if they don't, and if they don't go to the NBA because they're not good enough, they can at least play for that local team. They can they can make a whole lot of money. No, may, they may not have two hundred million dollar contract, but if they can play ten years and make you know fifty million dollars over their time because they're playing and making money for that area, why not? Like there well, there there should be a major, especially for basketball, there should be a major minor league well, league. Well, you're preaching the gospel, man. Because look. They got that now overseas. Luka Doncic, yes. grew, up, Luka Doncic grew up a pro. Yeah. Why, they they why have it overseas for basketball for, yeah. uh, and soccer. Especially. Yeah. Why do you think Luka Doncic grew up? Why do you think Luka Doncic is so good? Of course, yeah. it takes skill. But when you're able to grow up around the pro athletes and be a pro for the majority of your life, you know what it takes. Yeah. Like, when you look at Luka, Luka's unreal because guess what? He's been there before. Like when people say, well, Luca's never won. Yes, he has. He's won the second hardest league in the world. Right. He's and, won, he, and he did it as a teenager. As a teenager. So he grew up around like grown men in professional yeah. sports. Which, like, which is why he's good because yeah. he's not an athlete. Yeah. He's crafty. Oh, no, he, no. He, he's crafty. He's he, shifty and he's he, smart. He's built just like Chris Mullen was. Other than that, there's no physical peak gift that he has. But guess what? No. He can just hoop. He can, yeah, he can, and he's he still lit. cooking he, all these cats. Yeah, yeah, he, he's literally, I won't say from a skill standpoint, because I think he's already, I think Larry Bird's the most skilled player that we've probably ever seen that had no ability of athleticism, but he's literally mm-hmm. our Larry Bird. Because, like, he could do, if you looked at Luka and you watched him move, because I remember when he got drafted, I told people, I said, people kept saying, well, he can't, he's not going to be able to do it in the NBA because he's not fast enough or he don't have the wiggle. I said, you don't, you don't become an MVP in the second hardest league with no kind of skill. Right. I said, this is the one Espe- key. Especially no without athleticism. Well, you watch you watch him walk, and it's like. Yeah. It's How like, dude. Do do I tell him all the time. Walk? I said, I never forget, man, when I interviewed him his rookie year. He, the comment when he made about, you know, that it's going to be easy to score in the NBA. I had to think about what he meant by that. And the thing is this, when you look at him, it's like, his moves, his set. You know what he's going to do. You knew yeah. what Bird was going to do. But guess what? Bird told you what he was going to do. Yeah. And it's unreal. And like I said, skill. Skill wins over anything. Like, the the art of skill. And that's something in sports that we have. But, yeah, these young dudes, man, I, I'm happy for them, man. I think it's – I would have loved that scene with the Ball Brothers would have got before all this went down. We mm-hmm. may have got a chance to see LaMelo play college they, basketball if that would have happened. Yeah. And they probably would have gotten a lot more money. Oh my God. Um, and, and honestly, because yeah, because Lamelo is right at that cusp. You know, Lonzo, you know, uh, and Leandro missed out on that, but Lamelo yeah. would have been right on that cusp. And yeah. if their dad wasn't, you know, you know, as boastful as he was, he they probably would have got a, a lot of money out of that, a whole lot. Um, all right, real quick, um, PS Five versus Xbox Series X. It's been one year. This month, it's been a year. 
one year later, who's winning? All right. So I don't know if you've been seeing my tweets today. I had an unfortunate situation with my PS5. I heard that you mentioned on your stream that your PS5 is stuck in safe mode. It didn't have a video. It just, I woke up this morning to cut it on. No video. I actually, I had a video and it just disappeared. Well, I got some good news. I got a text. The guy locally here, I know he knows how to fix everything. He's fixed every console I've ever had. He fixed my PS5. So I want to go pick it back up. So now I'm back on the, you know, which one. (laughs) So personally for me, um, it's tough because both of them kind of have unique things. Um, I will say because of one thing that separates two is that dual sense feature on this on this bad boy controller. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of PlayStation controllers. I've always thought the Xbox controllers were better. Not the fat ones from the OG Xbox, but 360 going forward. Yes. This controller makes this console way more different. And just the feeling, the vibes I get from it. I love Xbox. Um, but if I had to pick one, I do think PlayStation now if Xbox would have came out gunning like this as they've been recently, especially mm-hmm. with this Forza Horizon 5, um, if they could have dropped those type of games in the beginning of the launch, I may be saying Xbox. Now, Xbox is doing great now with this Game Pass and different things. There. I got both, so I love them both. But I I love the PS5 because of that dual sense. Um, I'm not a God of War fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I probably played 10 minutes of God of War, maybe an hour. I'll give you that of all of them. I haven't even pressed start personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not a God of War guy, but you know, PlayStation has always had some sort of staple, and especially in North America, even overseas. But North America, like we got history with that. Xbox Play- didn't really. Xbox PlayStation do- gets PlayStation. They get exclusives. They do, and that's something that Xbox fails at. And look, and, I try to and you know what? Games. Xbox dropped the ball majorly with one so, game I've been waiting for. And that's the remaster of Knights of the Old Republic, and the fact that that is going, the fact that a a place uh, an Xbox exclusive is going to be exclusive on PlayStation Mm -hmm. is a coup and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, man. I I love Xbox what they're doing right now. Like I said, I got both. But if I had to pick, now I was mad earlier. If you'd asked me about a couple of hours ago, I'd have told you Xbox is better. You ain't got nothing. You look, you 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 would. I would have had every reason. But look, man, every console has issues. Look, man, I don't know why I would say that because I I went through like ten Xbox three sixties when they red ring and all of them. So so yeah, I would say right now, man, after a year, PlayStation has really done a great job. The PS Five, they just got the exclusive. Like, look, man, Spider Man is beautiful. Miles Morales is beautiful. I just beat. You know what? Because I, I play a lot. The, of the, the fact that they, the fact that they got the brother's hair right, like the fact, you know, the fact that a brother, his hair yeah, finally looks right on a, on a game, and it's a fresh fade on that. It's not. It's not another brother with dreads or yeah. cornrows lazily done. This yeah. brother's fade is tapered. His yeah. line is immaculate. And they like have he just. Yeah, just like he stepped out of uh, out of a Harlem barbershop. I'm like, that is this is what I'm talking about. Spider Man, Spider Man did well, um, and it, it it makes me wonder what the hell Wolverine's going to look like. And I think we all, I think we yeah. all got to hope the best for that. And I hope that we don't get get screwed in that. But like I said, they they done a great job with Spider Man and Spider Man Two. When Miles, the day that that console came out, the PS Five. The first game I had to see for myself was Miles Morales. And I played it for like a couple of hours, but then I went to my usual sports games. And then mm-hmm. I finally went back recently and beat the game. And I was just like, oh, my God. 
I should have played this yeah. earlier. So yeah, man, PlayStation right now, PS5 is definitely the system. Um, but if Xbox keeps doing what they're doing, man, look, this Forza Horizon Five. If you haven't played it, beautiful game. And Xbox has gonna have a couple more, a couple exclusives that I'm intri- interested in. Um, yeah. I forget the name of it, but there's a there's a space game that's coming out. It's oh, gonna be exclusive to. Um, what's Starfield? it Starfield. Starfield. It, it might. It might have been. It's got a. It's got a female lead. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's Starfield. You talking about Starfield? Yeah, Starfield. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it, which just looks absolutely insane, gorgeous. Insane. You, you like, know, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm a big Destiny player. I play a lot of, I okay. play a lot of No Man's Sky. I'm a Star Trek. I'm, I'm, I'm a third generation Trekkie. Like, I love space stuff. Okay. You know, I, Battlestar Galactica. So like, you, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Did you ever um, play? Did you ever play the? Um, I never. I wanted to play it. Um, Deliver us the moon. I haven't played that. That I want to play. You got to play that. You got to play that. That is different. The Love Us to the Moon is is different. It looks great. I, I I've seen I've seen gameplay on it. Um that that I've that I've got to try to. Starfield looks like I'm going to I saw the trailer for that and I was like I'm going to buy an Xbox for this game. Like this is this is a game I have to play. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Hands down. All right, speaking of beauty, we're going to end this show talking about beauty within shoes so i've got a couple copper drops for you mm-hmm. to close out mm-hmm. in the sneaker world um right around the corner the jordan actually by the time this episode airs the jordan 12 royalties will have mm-hmm. dropped and lord willing i will have snagged a pair copper drop for you see jordan 12 royalties it's like the taxi, so I would say a cop, um, definitely. Um, you can mix the laces, white or black on those. Um, I think it's a dope shoe. Um, you can't go wrong with a Jordan 12, especially in the black and white colorway. So I'm going I'm to go, I'm gonna go cop. No doubt. Um, next, the Gundam, which just dropped this week. Yes. The Gundam Nike Dunks. You copping or dropping these? Cop. Funny story behind that. When I saw the actual video of that statue, that mm-hmm. like that, it looked like a transformer, and I saw yes. it move. It kind of, I, I was like, "We're in trouble. We're all gonna die." <laughs> I, I thought we we're all gonna die. I said, "I literally told everybody." We're, I, I tweeted this out, Lily. We're all gonna die, and I had the video on there. Um, knowing the story behind that, how big that is in that in Japan, um, I think it's dope to have themes on shoes. And look, right now, SBs are the hottest theme. That, so where I remember at a point in time, SBs you can get them for cheap, and now you can't find super them. cheap. Um, they sold oh, out yeah. obviously on sneakers out, but. I love yeah. the theme of the shoe. I'm I'm mixed on the shoe, but I would copy because of the theme. And like I said, I think it's a dope theme, and um, it's a collector's item more than anything. That's what if I had the money, I would cop them. Just because um, I would put them on the shelf. Yeah. They, I mean, they they don't make dunks my size. Yeah. Um, they you know the skater boys made the dunks expensive, and then they also made the dunks no longer a basketball shoe, so they don't make them in big yeah. foot basketball player sizes anymore. Yeah. Um, but as a as an old school '80s anime nerd who grew up watching Gundam, yeah. uh, I would absolutely buy these just to sit on my shelf. Yeah, that scared um, the hell out of me. That damn thing scared the hell out of me. I was, <laughs> I was like, "Bro, we're about to die. We're about to die." Do you hear me? I said, "If that thing moves like that, what happens if you just go outside and you saw that? What do you do? You probably just like die." So yeah, I, I'll, oh, the, the the anime nerd in me would have been like, "I gotta get my own Gundam because." Uh, 
uh, I, I know, I know some, someone bad is going to get one. And I'm going to have to fight back. So. Yeah. And I like the transformer shoe they did for Calvin Johnson with Nike. This shoe was yes. nice. The, yes. The Megatron shoe was super dope. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, M&M's and Adidas, the M&M Adidas forum lows. What do you think? Yeah, with this forum shoe they're doing, Adidas is doing a lot of collabs because um, they actually had the Star Lord shoe that they're doing. They got two of those. I just can't rock Adidas. I've tried. Like I, I love Dane. That's my guy. Like my guy, guy. Yeah. I like the theme of the shoe. And like I said, I've always been a person that loves themes. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say pass on it, man. That's a uh, that's a resale shoe for me. And uh, honestly, like Adidas has just been on a. They're on a bad run right now. They're especially with the basketball line sort of dying out. Derrick Rose still has a shoe, which I think Derrick Rose is a great guy. But when you look at their their line, like Trey Young has a shoe nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, I love Trey Young. And James Harden shoe don't even sell, I don't think. In this case, you just like the team he's on. Um, Zach Levine is left Adidas. He's wearing Nikes now. Same mm-hmm. thing with Brandon Ingram. He, he had the um, Space Jams on the other yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing 360s against us in the shoe. So, yeah, so um, – yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna pass on that because, like I said, with Adidas, it's cool. Um, but with Adidas, I think especially with that particular shoe, I just want the standard colorways. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't need Eminem. Yeah, I don't need Eminem. I don't know if on, on my shoe. Yeah, like, I think yeah, yeah. Like no pun intended. I don't think any of those brothers need to be walking around with no Eminems on our shoe. Like it's cool to have. As I'll probably put it in the room somewhere, or hang it on the wall in here. But I'm not trying like, to do all that. Like you, you have to be like a big Eminem's fanboy. To, yeah. to want Eminem's shoes. Nah, I, like, I don't even see kids eating Eminem's like that. Nah, I'm, you know? I'm pass. I just think that at the end of the day, it is what it is. And Adidas, like I said, they it's, it's not the same. Like, I, well, they're, I think they're trying to – I think because you mentioned how poor their basketball division is. I think they're trying to just compete in the casual shoe market. Streetwear, streetwear. Uh, just the streetwear market. Um, and that makes sense because the Yeezys are all streetwear. You can't play ball in them things. Nah. Um, and that's where they're in the, in the booths, uh, you know, oh, people tell me how comfortable they are. I can't personally rock Adidas because they're way too narrow for my feet. Not only am I, my feet big, they're a little wide. So, um, Nike and New Balance are the only shoes I can really actually rock that are big enough and wide enough for my feet. Adidas, I've, I've tried to get them on. They're just too narrow. So they, they you know, they limit themselves, uh, with their design. And they don't even seem to be trying really on, on the basketball side anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, they're making too much money off of streetwear, mm-hmm. and I think they're I think they're more comfortable. Yeah, in in that lane. Yeah. Um, and I, and and to me that makes sense. If you're more comfortable in that lane, stay there. Sign more, you know, celebrity artists. Sign more rappers. Sign more, you know, actors or whatever, and just and just go the the, the streetwear side and, and let the basketball side at least you know go um you mentioned the dames like the dames looked all right and they were on sale like uh several months ago well, and I, I, I was like looking to try to cop a pair but you know no appeal no yeah there was there was zero appeal and the only appeal was like oh the dames i'm like let me check them out and i looked at them i'm like yeah and i love uh, the only reason why i even thought about buying the dame sevens or the dame six was because like he had a wrestling thing behind it a lot of his shoes like yeah. He did the Stone Cold joints. He did the Ric Flair blue carpet, like the blue, the blue uh, robe. Uh, the robe, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he, like he had wrestling thing. I'm like, oh man, I can rock with this because it's a theme. But other than that, I'm like, eh, Adidas basketball, yeah, I ain't doing that. We good. 
<laughs> like I think the last time I really cared about a Thieves basketball was probably Kobe and the Crazy Eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy Eight. I think that was the last time they were, or even T Mac because I remember when no, I was saying the T the T Max were bad. The T Max yeah. crazy. I remember in high school that was a shoe you had to have was those T Max. Like you was hooping in T Max. So yeah. Yeah, but yeah, and once once when they peaked when they had their T Mac KG, um, Tim Duncan, you know, Duncan, yeah. uh, you know Chauncey Billups lineup, yeah. uh, Gilbert Arenas, and then after that, it yeah. it just started tanking. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well, Jeeks, that is going to conclude this episode of the original Jeek podcast that we made and decided to create just to bless your earballs. I want to give a special thanks again to my guest, C. Hendo, Chris mm-hmm. Henderson. And Chris, before we go, please just remind everyone how they can find you on social media. Yeah, man, um, definitely um, just search C. Hendo, and that's S-E-E-H-E-N-D-O. Now, if you do that on Twitter, separate the C and Hendo. Put an underscore in between that. You can find me on Twitter. Definitely hit me up, man. I'm I'm available. I talk to everybody, so definitely hit me up um, on Instagram as well. If you play, play Xbox or PlayStation, add me on both. That's C. Hendo. You can go on YouTube if you want to watch a lot of sports content. I got interviews with Kevin Durant. You name the player, the athlete, especially any sport, I've interviewed him. Um, you'll get a lot of learn about a lot of these guys that you probably didn't know were gamers or sneaker guys. And yeah, it's pretty dope for me, man. But yeah, you can find me everywhere, man. But more importantly, for everybody out here, for first time listeners that are listening to my guy's show, definitely follow his brand too as well. I love talking culture with these guys. This guy reminds me of myself, you know, and like the craft that he comes with, like he he's multifaceted. Like he grew up in my, I can tell he grew up in my, in my ilk, my, my world. Because like wrestling and different things that we enjoy, like I'm not the biggest anime person, but you know I can relate to him on certain things on those on those parts. But I enjoyed this man, and like I said, shout out to all the Jeeks Nation and the fans out there, man. I just followed all the Jeeks Nation stuff that's going on for sure. Much much appreciated. That that's yeah. why I, that's why I created this brand because you know coming up, you know coming in the '80s, you weren't allowed to be a jock and be a nerd or a no. geek at the same time. No, couldn't do that. You, you know I was. I was I was that I was that star athlete that was watching Star Trek at home and reading comic books and watching anime and you know that was that was a no no. You got guy we got laughed at for playing video games now. Look. Exactly, we got we you know if you mentioned the Legend of Zelda they'd be like what? I remember I brought Ocarina of Time to school one time I got laughed at so now look. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that that's why I've cre- created this platform and I appreciate you coming on to it. I, I I knew once we could we we connected in that Dreamcast chat. I was like, "Yo, this brother's a vibe. I gotta have him on." So we're definitely gonna have to link up again. Oh no, man! Uh, anytime, man. You know, just give me the word, man. If I ain't at an NBA game, we'll make something happen. Especially no, right no, now. no doubt. Well, folks, I am your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic, and I want to thank you for listening. And we could not do this show not without you, Jeeks, who continue to support us by listening. So please rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. And if you can't find us, let us know at jeeknation at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at jeeknation. And until next time, peace. I make an entrance so back with cut. Ah.
Say what? And you're listening to the original Jeek Podcast.